What's up, gents? What's going on, everybody? Hold on a second. I just got flagged for taunting. Give me a second here. <laughs> Sounds about right. The NFL will come down and double down on it this week. <laughs> Such a horrible call. All right. You guys uh, ready to start? Let's go. I'll do the intro and we'll get going. Yeah, so ladies old man's and ready. welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. And a special guest today, Chipper. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Kyle, what's up? Like a, Anything new? Not much, man. Just busy, busy, busy. So I got home about 20 minutes ago, and I cracked open a beer. So I'm ready to go. Perfect. All right. Well, let's give a quick introduction here to Chipper. So Chipper has been a friend of Kyle's for a long time and a friend of mine for a short time. He is an anomaly. He is one of the few Steeler fans that we can befriend and get along with. And he, he can take a joke. He can dish it out. It's, it's all good. Um, explain to me why you're a Steeler fan. I don't know if I've ever got the full story. So you're from Cleveland or like Northeast Ohio, right? Yeah. Grew up, grew up in the Cleveland area. Yeah. Just became a Steelers fan way back in, when I was a kid, back in the early seven, late seventies, early eighties. All right. And you're also an Atlanta Braves fan. How did that come about? Cable TV. Okay. Because they were we on, cable... uh, what was it, TBS back TBS. in the day all the time. Yep. Yeah, so it was either that or uh, WGN and the Cubs. So the Indians were were so horrible back in the day that when we got cable TV, I could actually follow somebody else, and I decided to choose the Braves, which is what happened the year I started watching them. They lost 104 games. So I was getting getting worried if that was the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it was the closest thing to a Cleveland fan as you can get when they lose lose that kind of season. <laughs> but uh, I know the <laughs> right. feeling, though, with watching other teams. I mean, I, I grew up a Chicago Bulls fan because WGN played Michael Jordan all the time. So uh, I eventually found my way with the Cavaliers, but I still respect Michael Jordan as one of my favorite players of all time. But, yeah, it's weird when you're a kid because you just kind of lock on to whatever you see. You don't really pay attention to, like, the cities. Um I'm only speaking for me, but my dad is not a sports fan in the slightest bit. So he was not like, oh, you can't root for this team. We support this team in my household. Like, he didn't give a shit at all about sports. So I kind of had to figure it out for myself, which is kind of cool. It really helps you learn the game of, like, learn different teams and team histories and and players and shit like that because you're not focused on one team and tunnel vision as a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, for me, it kind of – I mean – yeah, I'm a Steelers fan and a Braves fan, but you know, Steelers being a big rivalry of the Browns, I like to think that I'm sort of a, you know, sort of objective when it comes to the Browns things. You know, all the ball busting, all that stuff aside, but I at least like to think I can be objective and be honest opinions when it comes to what you guys are talking, you know, Browns fans and media are talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have the same issue, like same situation, because I'm the draft up here. So, as a guy that's gone to the draft, I've met a ton of Steeler fans. I've actually gotten really close with a few. Uh, and every year we, you know, we text each other year round. We talk to each other. We've stayed together in different cities for the draft. Uh, we have good relationships and it's funny. We, we go strolling into the draft and I'm wearing Brown's gear. He's wearing Steelers gear. His dad's wearing Steelers gear. And it's just kind of funny because people look at us and they're like, how the hell are you guys hanging out? And I'm like, I'm not an idiot Browns fan that just hates Steeler fans. We bust balls. We have fun. But at the end of the day, if you can have a good sports conversation, I totally respect that. And I feel like that goes a long way. Yeah, I totally agree. But there are those idiots out there that just don't respect each other and just can't take it. So, Yeah, I've never understood that. To each their own, root for whatever team you want to root for. 
you know, as long as you're consistent, you know what I mean? Like you're a diehard fan through and through. So whether they're good, whether they're bad, you'll be a fan. You're not the kind of guy that like, you're not buying the flavor of the week Jersey. And you're like, well, the Steelers had a bad week. I'm going to like this team. You know what I mean? So I respect anybody, anybody that can stick to their team through the good and the bad. I totally respect it. Well, Cleveland fans, we definitely know all about that. (laughs) We've had enough for multiple lifetimes for people to suffer. I, I doubt that our I doubt that our fandom has ever pulled into question. Yeah, exactly. We've we've gone through this. We're still here after since '99. I think we're 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 taking this to the grave. <clears throat> All right. Well, as usual, we will get started with a recap of Week Nine. Uh, some interesting games from both of our teams. Uh, the Browns go into Cincinnati, and I think Kyle and I both were pretty much willing to bet our life savings on the Bengals going into that game because the Odell Beckham drama, which I touched on a little bit last week. Um, obviously there's a little bit more news with that. He is officially no longer a member of the Cleveland Browns. He cleared waivers. He is now able to sign with whatever team he pleases. Rumors are coming out. What do you guys think? I'm hearing saints, Seahawks, Patriots, and Packers are all in the running. How do you guys think this Odell thing plays out? I've heard, I've heard that the, Packers are running that uh, Devontae Devontae is actually pushing the Packers to sign him, which I don't understand why. Um, But I guess they do need, I guess he would be a number two to Devontae's, you know, number one. I've also heard the the Ravens could be in the running. I heard that too initially, but as it's kind of come down all the reports, I haven't seen them on there. I mean, don't get me wrong. They could come in at the end and swoop in because the, the latest thing I saw from the Packers, and this could be, their way of just kind of appeasing Devontae Adams. I saw they they offered Odell the veteran minimum, so I'm thinking he could probably get a little bit more money elsewhere. So that could be the Packers' way of saying, hey, we tried to sign him. It got out there. We offered him the minimum, but we still offered. He said no, so we tried. I'm wondering if that's kind of what they're going for or if they legitimately are trying to get him on the on the veteran minimum. I saw the perfect meme today of the uh, used car salesman trying to sell the junk uh, to a guy trying to buy the car. And they said, it's <laughs> Sean Payton trying to sell the saints to Odell Beckham jr. Right now. And um, <laughs> I, saw that too. <laughs> I, was, I honest, honestly, I, for some reason, I, I don't care where he goes. I think that it's going to show what kind of player Odell is, but if I had, I mean, he's not going to be productive anywhere he goes, but the one thing I did hear today, that's interesting that they were talking about on the way home is is the Patriots? I guess the Patriots are are starting to stir the pot a little bit, and I guess Belichick saying that he wants them on his team. I don't know how that makes sense. How do you go from Baker throwing to you to Mac Jones throwing to you and and make it a, an improvement? Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious. Usually, what Belichick wants, Belichick gets. I'm curious to see if they uh if they make some last ditch effort to get him. But if my money's on anything, I think he lands up in the Chiefs or the Saints. They're probably the two the two safe bets. The yeah, I'd be curious to definitely- see. Oh, God. The Patriots are definitely an odd selection because, yeah, he would be probably the number one receiver for them because really all they have is Jacoby Myers and I forget who else who else they have, but at least there he would be the number one receiver. And as of right now, yeah, the Patriots won't win the the division, but they're still in the in the playoff hunt, so he they are still technically contenders, which is what he wants. Yeah, I mean. I don't know how, but the New England Patriots are legitimately a playoff contender. But is Mac Jones the type of quarterback he's going for? I see a lot of similarities between Mac Jones and Baker. 
Whereas you have a quarterback that's not going to light it up. He's not going to throw for 400 yards. But as long as he's efficient, doesn't turn the ball over, you can win some games. So the passing game really doesn't move a ton in, in New England. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that's an actual thing, if they really want him, or if it's kind of mind games with the, with the Browns and could be something to try to get in their heads a little bit of, all right, we're facing the Patriots this week. The Patriots are going after Odell. Maybe it's a little bit of, you know, Bill Belichick doing what he does best. But, yeah, I, I really can't see him going to New England and having any success unless they just somehow find a way to get him the ball. Maybe they understand how to use him because he is not a deep threat anymore. He is older. He's injury prone. So he's no longer the streak down the field guy. Maybe they are going to turn him into like a somewhat of a Jarvis Landry. He's going to be a possession guy, kind of a slot receiver, quick routes, nothing crazy. I think Bill could do something special with him there. But that's up to them in convincing him that that's going to be his future, which I think he, at this point, needs to understand. Uh, I wish Odell no ill will. I have some questions for you guys about, not a theory, but something I was thinking about. This week, the Browns went into Cincinnati, beat the piss out of the Bengals. First game without Odell officially as a member of the Browns anymore. And the offense looked like a completely different group. My question is, I understand that people think Odell was the, was holding back the offense, but how does one guy hold the offense back that much? I, I want to hear some other thoughts on it because I've realized no one's really broken that down. People keep blatantly saying Odell was holding the offense back. Look at how much better everyone is without Odell. Okay, that's fine. You can say that because it looks like it's accurate as of now. But my question is how? How one guy ruin an entire offense when he's not out there demanding the ball, throwing fits on the sideline? even getting your your voice is going in and out justin is it really yeah i don't know if you're if you're making out with your phone or anything but i just want to throw it out there <laughs> no i'm just talking into it um well were you guys able to catch most of what i was saying yeah you're asking yeah. basically how the offense how, how does one man throw the entire offensive off its wheels basically is that what you're trying to ask yeah i mean a guy that's not getting 20 touches a game or 10 looks even he's not getting the ball thrown to him much how does the entire offense come to a screeching halt with him out there so I, I have my opinion and I'll let I'll let Chipper go next I guess but yeah just get it out there I I you looking back it, we have to and, and you're going to agree I think a little bit Justin is that uh, Baker needs um, um, a blankie when he's playing quarterback and what sure. I mean by that what I what I mean by that is he needs to be a hike the ball one, two step throw. And he needs to be hitting. Like he knows he's throwing to that side of the field in three seconds. He knows he's throwing to this side of the field in three seconds. You know, he's going slot three seconds down the middle of the field, you know, anyways, but he's just in his mind is boom, 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 boom. And I think with Odell and this Odell is a kind of receiver that I think is better fit for a Patrick Mahomes, a um, Jarvis, uh, not a Jarvis Landry Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterbacks who extend plays and who don't look for the perfectly ran routes for the players just to get open. And that's not a, that's not someone that's fit for Baker. Baker needs you to be where you need to be. And if you're not there, you just fucked him over mentally. Meaning he then gets nervous. He then gets out of his rhythm. He can't get it to you. He tries to get it to you. He underthrows you, overthrows you. And that's now accounted for eight receptions that, you know, maybe would have gone to you. That's not going to you. And now we're not moving the ball down the field. 
So I, I think that just Odell being the kind of receiver who's trying to, you know, go out and run a post route, but then takes an extra step left or right to try to get even more wide open than he needs to be. Um, that's the timing that's throwing off where Baker needs him to be at. And that's why we're seeing, we, we saw some of those passes. Look at the game on Sunday. Um, you know, it was quick slants. It was, you know, that, that, that Donovan's people's Jones passed down the middle. That was perfectly timed. He hit the, he hit the juke and ran and Baker just dropped a dime in there. Like that was a perfectly thrown ball, but that's because he was right where he needed to be at, at that given time. And I just think that Odell's little, whatever he likes to do that made him a good receiver with Eli is not something that's good for Baker. And it just throws him off because he needs that blanket of security of that receiver is going to be where he needs to be at in that given second. That's just my opinion. I don't know what you think, Tripper. Go ahead. I actually, I actually agree with most of what you just said that uh, it's a, a, a systematic type of offense and Baker has to, has to expect the receiver to be where he's supposed to be. And the, the word was, is that, you know, Odell was more of a improv improvisational type of wide receiver that, he would, you know, do a route or whatever by the seat of his pants instead of doing the route that he's supposed to. So with Baker not necessarily doing the improvisational thing like like a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like you said, extending the play, um, I think that that probably hurt him, hurt him as well. Now it, he Baker used to do it when the offense was absolutely horrible, but now he doesn't have to. Now whether it's because it's the system or if it's the fact that. Uh, his shoulder now I hear now I'm hearing it's something wrong with it he's possibly got a foot injury I guess um now whether that all has something to do with the fact that he's not running and scrambling extending plays or whatever I don't know but yeah I agree with what, what you said Kyle that um a lot of it had to do with like I said uh Odell being more of an improvisational type of wide receiver running routes rather than doing the, the routes like the system calls for. I, it's it's almost like, and before you before you answer, Justin, it's almost like he um, went to boot camp, and as a boot camp, when you go to boot camp, they break you down. They, they, they break you down to nothing, and then they rebuild you back up to be a Marine, an Army person. It's like Stefanski broke Baker down and rebuilt him into a different type of quarterback. He's not the same quarterback he was his first and second year. You know, he's not this gun-slinging type quarterback that takes the chances and all this other stuff. It's like, my boss told me I need to be here at this time, at this time, at this time. And that's just who he is right now. And he's a systematic quarterback that just does what he's told. Um, Agreed. That, that's what it seems to me, at least. Yeah, no, I agree with that to an extent. My thing, though, is I also just wonder why were they not trying to stretch the field the last few weeks? Because if you notice, Baker was barely throwing the ball more than 10 yards. Uh, maybe that was because of the injury, but I, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that if you have a, a sore left shoulder, you can't throw a deep ball because that's going to limit your offense entirely. Then teams can kind of make it. It's easier yeah. for them to game plan against you. His arm so looked pretty good on Sunday. That deep pass to the people's Jones looked pretty, pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that was great. But I just, again, my question is the last few weeks, they didn't even attempt a deep ball. And that's why I wonder like, why wouldn't they even try that with Odell on the field? It doesn't even have to be to Odell. Odell could be on the, the other side of the field. If you want to go deep to somebody else or send somebody else down the middle, I just didn't really understand why the offense wasn't as open as it could have been. Do um, I feel a conspiracy theory coming on here? I feel like you're leading to that. No, no, no. no. This is a ge <laughs> genuine question of just what the hell was going on with the offense and why was oh, okay. Stefanski opening it up? And then it takes a guy to leave to open it up. Now, again, this is just me playing devil's advocate here because I, I pay attention to everything. Um, the Bengals passing defense is bottom 10 in the NFL. I believe they went into Sunday's game at 22. 
out of 32. Um, I don't really, I think the Bengals, I, we've talked about this a lot, Kyle, you and I, every week we say, are the Bengals legit? And we were kind of starting to feel that way after their win against Baltimore, but the last two weeks they lost to the Browns and the Jets. And not that the Browns are in the, the league of the Jets, but those are two embarrassing losses for the, for the Bengals. One, we beat their ass and two, just losing to the Jets in general is never a good thing. So it's not a good look for the Bengals. It really makes them look like pretenders. Um, this I don't think that time. the I don't think that anyone was surprised that we scored on the Bengals. I think the biggest surprise on Sunday was the defense preventing the Bengals from scoring. I think everyone knew that we put up some points on them, and we I think we I think the over under was forty something, wasn't it? So we knew some points were going to get thrown up, but oh yeah, the, the, first, the surprise the was the defense. From the Bengals, we couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got lucky. Guys- not lucky, but we had that pick six with Denzel. But I mean, they drove right down the field, got got on the five yard line in no time. Second drive, same thing, right down the field, touchdown. I yeah. thought we were in for a shootout. Well, you guys had said that up until the Cincinnati game that Baker wasn't throwing the ball more than maybe like ten yards or something like that. I was just going to say that maybe somehow he got a hold of Ben's playbook because Ben doesn't throw more than ten yards <laughs> downfield either. So <laughs> he, honestly, the offenses the were, were looking very similar, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> The the old man playbook, the uh, one, two, three, throw, one, two, three, throw, one, two, three. Speaking of the Steelers and Big Ben, and not to dig up old wounds here for you, Chipper, but to me, the Bengals game on Sunday, it just, honestly, this is not being a dick or, you know, busting balls. It really reminded me of the Steelers playoff game against the Browns because we started off with a defensive touchdown. We got some turnovers. The running game was dynamic. And then Baker did just enough to keep the game going. Like Baker's stats, they look good. But overall, he didn't have to do too much. And I've said it countless times on the show that when Baker's put in that situation where he doesn't have to win the game himself, we're in good shape. And I think it kind of looked like that on Sunday. It it reminded me a lot of the playoff game. No, it's true. I mean, look at the final, look at the final score. It kind of, kind of reminded me of it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and, and here's my thing too. Like I was saying this to somebody, I think it was on, Chipper, I think it was on Georgia's show last night that they were talking about. And I, and this is the defense that surprised me is I think what happened for the first time, maybe second time this year, is that Joe Woods finally trusted his secondary to lock down receivers. So he just started blitzing. If you notice the blitzes that were increased after like maybe the second quarter, like he just got throwing blitz packages at, at um, Burrow. And then because he trusted that his wide, his, his cornerbacks, his, his linebackers, whatever, were going to kind of hold the ball or, or keep the ball away, or at least prevent them from scoring big plays. And that's the kind of defense that we need to be running. I get it. We need to be healthy for that defense to be ran, but I think that's kind of what took place there too. And that's why the defense was able to be as good as they were. I well, think I was, he even I took heard, a page. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chipper. I, I heard on the radio today that, uh, about how dejected Joe Burrow looked because because of, he wasn't able to get wasn't able to get the ball downfield. And me being a Jamar Chase fantasy owner, I looking at his stats, I'm like, well, what what the hell happened? So yeah, apparently the defense did something to shut uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow down. Yeah, the uh, the Browns, Joe Woods definitely took a page out of the Steelers playbook a little bit because we had Troy Hill blitzing and he had three sacks in the day. And set a Browns franchise record Crazy for a corner. Stat. Crazy set. Yeah. And we're not normally a, a corner blitzing kind of team. Maybe we'll bring a safety up the middle, but we don't. We really don't don't bring corners. And when we did that, they had no idea what to do. Do I think that that's going to continue, or do I think it was kind of beginner's luck? A little bit of both, maybe, because now I think teams might be looking for that because we did it and we did it so effectively. 
that's now going to be on the back in the back of the mind of some offensive coordinators and their game plans. But it was interesting to see that because I'm not used to that as a Browns fan. Well, now getting jail, we get JOK back this week too. I think maybe he's designated off IR. We might get. Him yeah, he'll week. he'll be practicing. He might might play, might not. Really depends on how that adds going. a whole other layer of dynamic too because he's a, a linebacker who can blitz. He's quick as fuck. So I'm curious to see what Joe Woods maybe does with him um, against this offense. This offensive line is not the greatest. So we, we're going to have opportunities to get to, to Mac Jones. I'm just curious what he does. And, of course, you're going against the Grand Wizard over there. You know, he's probably going to plan for that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so we'll, we'll break down that game in a little bit. He just used a Grand Wizard reference. Wow. But they can't get, get banned off of stereo. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, all my friends out there. Yeah, Kyle just gets canceled. It's not a big deal. It happens. <laughs> cancel, cancel culture. Yeah, I'm a big Wait. enough person for it to happen to. Well, you. You guys are getting JLK back, but you are losing Greedy again. Yeah. That man yeah, cannot mean, stay healthy. Listing him as day-to-day slash week-to-week, however you want to look at it. Um, I mean, I'm comfortable with it. We have enough, enough depth right now at corner. As long as nobody <clears> else goes down, you just replace Greedy with Hill, and then A.J. Green gets a few more snaps. And I think A.J. Green has been really good. Uh, I remember him last year, was on the practice squad most of the year. It's nice mm-hmm. to see him finally getting some playing time. What? Uh, but it's going well. Right. Uh, oh. So let's quickly, we'll do a recap of week nine. And uh, we'll break down some picks. And then we'll do our usual show. So we'll start off with Thursday night game. Indianapolis Colts beat the shit out of the New York Jets. Wasn't really that close. Wasn't really that fun of a game. I watched a lot of it, though, because I do have Carson Wentz as my fantasy quarterback in one league. So The Colts are, the Colts are like on, not, not on fire, but the Colts are actually doing something pretty well this year. I mean, Wentz yeah, is starting to come uh, to his own. I mean, doing pretty well. The Titans <clears throat> are, are trying to run away with the division. However, don't look behind you. You know, don't look too far ahead if you're a Titans fan because you do have the Colts who are, I said it before, I think Carson Wentz is a damn good quarterback, and as long as he's healthy, the Colts are a really good team. Jonathan Taylor's turning into arguably the best back in football over the last few weeks, and Carson Wentz and Frank Wright are, are great together. So, yeah, they're a legitimate contender. Do I think the Titans will get to their game against the Rams? But I thought they were kind of dead in the water as soon as uh, Derrick Henry went down, but they decided to prove otherwise. I guess I'll break that one down for here too. They went into Los Angeles and they beat the hell out of the Rams and nobody, and I mean nobody, saw that coming. I don't know if you guys watched that one. Yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of it, but I, that game just kind of threw me because I didn't know what to expect. I don't know what what the game plan was for the Rams. Like I just didn't understand what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? Like I felt like they were. I guess trying to do what they normally been doing the last couple of weeks here, but like nothing was connecting. Like it was just missing like slight misses here and there. And I just, just Matthew Stafford just looked like, I don't know, garbage. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I mean... they, that, that was a, that was a total, total mind boggling game right there. And it, it is, I'm sure you, you'll cover here in a, in a little bit. That was, that was not only the only upset, but um, just the fact that the Rams just looked so bad on offense is, is mind boggling. Oh, this, this entire week was a shit show for NFL across the board. <laughs> like, just weird week. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, Kyle and I had identical picks last week, and we went a whopping eight and six. It was bad. <laughs> uh, it was tough. I mean, that's easily the worst week for either of us. That was a bad one. Um, but what can you do, man? That's the NFL any given Sunday. So that was a huge upset. Matthew Stafford looked like Detroit Matthew Stafford, and Tennessee just went in there and put a fucking beating on the Rams. They had turnovers they they sacked the shit out of Stafford I think at the end of the game they took him out late in the fourth because he was just getting killed 
Uh, Adrian Peterson had a touchdown. He left the nursing home and scores. I mean, how impressive is that? Uh, it gives me hope here, that I can. It gives me hope that I can join the NFL and score a touchdown now. I feel good about my chances. Honestly, at this rate, I think you are somehow younger than Adrian Peterson. I don't know how that's possible, but I think you might well, be. I'm, I'm sure Adrian ha- Adrian has at least a little bit more mobility, though. I I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You give me the ball at the one yard line, I'm putting it in. I think give it, me give me behind the lineman. I'm putting it in. AP has a bum knee too, if I'm not mistaken. So they might be kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we move on. We had the uh, the Falcons with the – I mean, I guess you could call that an upset over the Saints. The Saints obviously are without Jameis Winston for the rest of the year. They started Trevor Simeon, who looked good in the half that he played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Halloween. And in this game, he looked okay. But, again, you're playing the Falcons, who are by Trash. Would Yeah, they, they're a bottom of the NFL kind of team. So I would consider that an upset. The Saints, it's scary for them because you're without uh, Jameis, who's your obvious – clear-cut number one quarterback. Uh, they're supposedly getting Taysom Hill back soon. I personally think Taysom Hill sucks. I think the whole part running back, part tight end, part quarterback gimmick is old. Uh, I don't think it's going to work for them. And that's why, as you guys said earlier, Odell going there, that seems like a, a strange move with a guy as questionable at quarterback as Taysom Hill. The NFC South said. just sucks. The NFC South itself just sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. I mean – the Panthers just lost Sam Darnold for probably a month or so, and not like it, they're not going <laughs> to yeah, miss he's, him. He's he's injured. Quote: They need yeah. an excuse to bench him. <laughs> yeah, I think right. Robbie Anderson might have uh, punched, beat the shit out of him in the shower, and that's why he's out. He was not happy with him. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay could probably probably go what seven and ten, and probably just walk away with the division. Yeah, it's very similar to the NFC East from last year, except obviously Tampa Bay is a legitimate contender unlike any team from the East, but uh, just ugly. The South is ugly. Any given week, the Falcons are Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know which version you're going to get. The Saints, I think they're kind of done with the Jameis injury. And then, you know, Carolina was already dead in the water, and losing Darnold just solidifies that. Another upset, the Denver Broncos beat the hell out of the Dallas Cowboys, and Vic Fangio even went as far as to talk a little bit of shit after the game and said that he kind of showed other teams the game plan now on how to stop the Cowboys' offense. Uh, what do you guys think? I, don't, I didn't really get a chance to watch any of that game, so I didn't, I didn't see it. But I'm wondering, was mm-hmm. it great defense by Fangio, or was it just the Cowboys didn't show up? Well, I mean, the Cowboys didn't show up until the fourth quarter. And I think yeah. at that moment, they were already down 30. To, I think they were down 25, 24 nothing. And then I think the, Cow- the, the Broncos just kind of let up a little bit. They didn't really rush him as much as they wanted to. They were doing in the first three quarters, um, but that game was just that was lopsided from the beginning. I don't. Dallas couldn't do anything. They couldn't yeah, run Dallas, the ball. They couldn't Dallas pass the ball. Points was, were garbage time. They scored touchdowns and went for two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they looked like shit. I, I was shocked. I thought that was going to be a, a pretty easy pick, especially Dallas being at home. I thought, okay, there's an easy win for everybody, and the Cowboys didn't show up, which is weird because the Cowboys have. Uh, They've been a weird team this year. I think a lot of people went into the season thinking the NFC East was going to suck again. Cowboys started kind of running away with it, and they looked good. Dak was playing really well. Then Dak gets an injury. Now Dak's healthy, and they blow a game like that, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, same thing. Are they a real contender, or were they just kind of given a remotely easy schedule? 
Yeah, I had them. I had them in, in my knockout pool this week, and of course, they, because I picked them, they knocked me out of the knockout pool. But, uh... <laughs> but I'm sure that happened to many people because I, I, I would have agreed with you. That's an easy pick. But I think that at was least just, I, I think, thought so. I think that was just a. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, Jerry wasn't too happy about that performance, but no, you know that that was probably that was probably just the you know what do you call it, a blip game, you know, a mess up game, especially getting their ass kicked on at home like that. I, I still got them. Still got them winning the division and being a sleeper team to actually make it to the NFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, at the so, end of the day, too, Denver's not that great. I mean, the Browns beat them on, th- on Thursday night football. They traded Von Miller, so you're kind of thinking that they're in sell mode, tank mode, if you will. And, I mean, I think, what are they, five and four? They're actually not terrible. Yeah, they're five and four. So here's the one thing that didn't throw me, that threw me off about this game, is at the end of the game, Cowboys are down. I mean, they're not winning this game. And you have a very injury-prone quarterback back there. They kept him in the game to score a touchdown, but then they kept him in the game to go for two as well. Like I, none of that decision making made sense to me. Yeah, I noticed that a lot in football this year, especially. I, I see a lot of games where guys go, teams go up by quite a bit, and it, it even even guys that aren't hurt. I still think, why not take this guy out? You're in the fourth quarter, late third quarter. You have a significant lead. You're not going to blow the game. Why is your one of your star players still out there? I forget which game I was watching, but it, there was one a week or two ago, and I was thinking the same exact thing. Why risk it? Yeah, that makes total yeah. sense, especially with with Dak's you know calf history or calf injury history. You know he he was he he was out what last week or two weeks ago, and with the calf yeah. injury, and they're getting blown out. Why would you keep him in? Yeah, he missed last week. He came into the season even questionable on if he was going to be able to play. He's battled through it, missed the game against Minnesota. And then, yeah, the week after, you're getting blown out against Denver, and they keep him out there. Uh, questionable move, because if something would have went wrong, obviously in hindsight, nothing happened, so it's no harm, no foul. But if imagine you're, you're up 30-8 to eight or whatever the score was at that time, and Dak gets hurt, and he's out for the year, and you're going, shit, we had no chance of winning anyway. Why would we do that? And then Mike McCarthy's then getting canned. But uh, uh, He's, he's going to get canned soon anyways, I'm sure. I don't care what the really Cowboys sure. – I don't care what th- – I don't care what the Cowboys do. He's going to get canned anyways, probably within yeah. the next two years. I could see that. They're going to give that team to Kellen Moore, in my opinion. <clears throat> uh, moving on, the, the Browns' foes this weekend, the New England Patriots, beat the piss out of the Carolina Panthers. And what do you guys think? Did you see the play? Mac Jones, dirty or not? Discuss. I did not see it. <laughs> <laughs> so i it's not illegal it's not it's not it's nothing that says you can't do that i mean you fumble the ball your first initial reaction the player who made you fumble the ball is going is probably the first person to try to get that ball so you're just trying to block him i'm throwing up air quotes right now block him from getting that ball so i mean it's not illegal is it dirty sure but i mean are we playing by unwritten rules in the nfl right now no it's not it's not against the policy of rules in the nfl yeah, the NFL came out and said that they didn't see anything wrong with it. If you're not familiar with it, Chipper, uh, what happened was Mac Jones got strip sacked by uh, what's his name, Brian Burns, and as everyone was going at football, Mac Jones grabbed Burns' ankle and damn near gave him the Kurt Angle ankle lock. At least that's what I think he was going for because I did see him oh, drinking milk on the sideline that right after. Makes that makes sense after this. <laughs> I saw the meme later that night on Twitter of uh, Mac Jones' face superimposed on Kurt Angle. Given the old ankle oh, yeah. lock to in Brock Lesnar. Because Mac Jones was on the ground. Burns was trying to run past him. Uh, Mac Jones grabbed his ankle, twisted it, and was, you know, oh, lying on his back. I didn't see the twist. I just saw oh, yeah. the grab and hold. I didn't see the twist. 
And apparently, <laughs> I didn't read into it, but I guess they have bad blood from college. Those two got into a little bit of a thing uh, in college. So some people think that there's a little more behind it than just no. There's Mac some Jones history. Pretending, I think because his excuse was, I thought he had the ball, so I was just trying to make a tackle. Yeah, I did hear. <laughs> I did hear the pre- the press conference with with Belichick and him on one of the uh, you know the sports updates or whatever on the radio today. That, you know, he, he, he thought he had the ball and whatever. I'm like, okay, this is something that I have to have to find the video or whatever for. So for what you're saying, I guess I have to find the video. And yeah, watch if you get it. a chance, I, I recommend taking a, taking a look at it because it's kind of funny. Uh, well, it, it, it is New for, England. They probably practice ankle locks. It's probably oh, part of their practice routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I got to give him credit, though, because after the game, uh, and even as far as today, I saw the article where they asked Burns about it again. And he said, like, you know, yeah, I would like an apology. You know, I would I would accept an apology. And then they talked to Mac Jones, and he's like, yeah, I'm not apologizing. So I give them credit on the Patriots because they're not backing down. They're like, nope, it was a football move. Go fuck yourself. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And sticking in the division, another comeback horseshoe up the ass win for the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore was down by, like, at least two scores at one point. <clears throat> Minnesota pissed it away, goes into overtime. Justin Tucker, the golden leg, wins it again. Finally, Baltimore a team that we all can agree that we all dislike, right? We all we don't like the Ravens, correct? Oh, absolutely. 1,000%, <laughs> yeah. Rat birds. We call them the rat. Steelers fans call them the rat birds or rat fucks. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I them. Uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, Lamar Jackson's carrying that team. They shouldn't be winning any of these games, but yet they keep finding ways to do it. Um, you kind of thought that two weeks ago, the Bengals showed people what to do against them, that if you, if you're explosive, you can beat them. Minnesota kind of looked like that in the beginning of the game. And then they just blew it. They couldn't, they couldn't score. They, uh, let Lamar kind of do whatever he wanted. It reminded me a lot of the Colts Monday night game against the, the Ravens a few weeks ago. Same thing. Huge lead game kind of looks out of reach. They take their foot off the gas, just a touch and Baltimore's right back in it and wins the game. So I think I mean Lamar almost gave that game up at the end. He fumbled that ball right there in the fourth quarter. I thought the game was going to be over there. Yeah, I mean that's the one big thing with him this year, especially. Uh, he is a turnover machine. He can't hold on to the ball. He's trying way too hard to scramble around. He just refuses to go down, take a sack, lift for the next play. Which, as a Browns fan, I love it. Please keep turning that ball over. I'll take it. Um, just I don't know. An interesting game. It 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 shows that the Vikings even contested. So it makes me. I mean, I, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks any given week it's the same thing. So it's, I'm not one of those people that would say, well, the Browns beat the Vikings, so we must be able to beat this team because they, you know, whatever. <clears throat> I don't do that. But I do think that we kind of saw what to do here. You score, and then if you get that lead, do not slow down. Do not take your foot off. Keep going. Full throttle. You can't let the Ravens back in the game. That is the amazing part about Baltimore is how are they winning these games? I mean, had what the 66 or 67 yard field goal against Detroit that went off the crossbar and went over to win that game. Yep. And, and I mean, it's just amazing how they're winning these games. Their defense is average and not horrible at best. And they're still managing to win these games. Yeah. And they've been down by such huge leads. I mean, the Detroit game, uh, <clears throat> I didn't see it, but I read some stuff about it and I've talked about it on here. The, the refs missed a false start and then they allowed the Ravens to kick the field goal. If that false start would have been uh, counted that five yards would have made the difference. They're not winning the game. So, well, 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 we really can't talk about refs missing calls with a Steeler fan on the, on the line here. We, we don't want to get triggered something. Oh, so 
oh, you won't believe me. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> yeah, you don't get mad when it works in your favor, I think, is how it goes. <laughs> uh, we had the Bills. What the fuck is up with the Bills? Nine yeah, I don't six. know. They lose to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. The, Trevor the Josh Allen Bowl. Meyer get their first win on American soil. And the Bills just look terrible. They couldn't score. They're not moving the ball. Uh, a couple of weeks now that their offense has looked a little iffy. Do we think this is how something many, to how many asses about? were how many asses were grabbed that night? This is the question here. <clears throat> Not in Jacksonville, they were all willing, and nobody filmed it because most <laughs> people were probably high on meth or whatever they do down in Florida. I'm going to chuck this up to a Bills game that was just bad. I mean, it's, kind of like the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say this is a bad week. They all drank from the wrong water this week, and I don't think this is going to be how the Bills are the rest of the season. I think the Bills probably come out next week and pray. Probably win pretty easily. Are they in a bye next week? No, they play next week. <clears throat> yeah, that was definitely a fluke game for them. I don't see that ever happening again. Single digit no, points. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, that's a high powered offense, not moving the ball. It just doesn't make sense, especially against Jacksonville. Yeah, it was weird. I kept seeing the score and I'm like, something's not right. In a couple of weeks ago, the Bills <laughs> did the same thing. They, they only had like nine points against the Dolphins going into the fourth quarter. So I thought kind of the same thing. Low-scoring game, they're not moving. But come fourth quarter, the Bills will show that they're, you know, uh, a veteran team. They're going to they play the down. down Do you they're going to go. Did they played down to their opponents. They played under their opponents. It looked like. I mean, it was bad. I thought. I mean, and think about every team up. they've lost to this year has been against not great, great teams. No offense, uh, Chipper and the Steelers, but no one thought the the Steelers are going to win against them. You know, so they didn't play like the best, and then they lost down to the Bills. Who was their other loss this season? <clears throat> um, the Titans Monday night game. Okay, so I mean, yeah, I mean and the Titans are a them, pretty but... good team. So yeah, that one, yeah. no, nothing against that one. And I mean, same thing with the Steelers. As much as we hate them, and we thought that they were dead and buried, they're winning games. They're doing, they're doing yeah. what they do. I mean, that's just good leadership. That's a good coach. You win games. It's like what well, Bills, Bills doing get... in New England. Bills got a true test next week. They play the Jets. If they don't win that game, then I'll start saying they might be on life support. <laughs> I mean, hey, and, it, and they have they Mike Wade quarterback too. <laughs> yeah, they're playing a, a much better quarterback than Zach Wilson. So we'll he is a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, he's not bad. Now the uh, prison inmate game of the week: the Texans battled the Dolphins, and that game nobody watched. And the Dolphins won seventeen to nine. A two-win team taking on a one-win team. Well, actually, they were both one-win teams at the time. Just bad football. That was a horrible game, and that's with Tua. That's the scary part. Um. What's the deal with Tua? I mean, he comes highly touted coming out of Alabama. Everybody, not for me. Everybody, I'll tell you that. Everybody wanted him, <laughs> and he hasn't done squat in Miami. I mean, I think that injury that he took in the the championship game was huge. Uh, you know, he, he damn near broke his hip or whatever. So that's you know, obviously that's going to affect you for quite some time if you even can ever get back to one hundred percent, which I doubt he ever really will be. Um, at the same time, I was never a fan of Tua as just a football player in general. I talked about that very openly before the draft last year. Uh, Tua didn't play. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he got hurt. He hurt his hand. Yeah. Oh, so Brissett played. It was the Brissett and uh, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. (laughs) So even worse, the prison inmate game. Um, What a game that was. Football overall, but let's be honest. Does that score surprise you without with Tua? You'd still think the same thing. 
right? No, I mean, honestly, there's no, I mean, I wasn't, that's why I didn't, I only looked at that because I pulled up the stats because I wanted to see how Tarad did because I didn't, I didn't realize he had three interceptions that game, but yeah, I him. picked him up in DraftKings. <clears throat> I thought I had the steal of the week and he stole from me. Oh, I, I finished a dead last in both of them this week. It never happens to me. Bad, bad week, bad week overall. <clears throat> and, to, and to think because even though Tua hasn't put up any kind of numbers, He's always rumor of trade talks, at least going, you know, swapping Deshaun Watson for him. It's like, well, why does why does Houston want him when he hasn't really done anything? That was probably the big holdup with that trade is Houston's like, we do not want this guy. And they're like, you have to take him if we trade for Watson. And Houston's like, nope, no deal. We don't want Tua. Nobody wants that guy. <laughs> <clears throat> I wonder if Watson just like uh, stayed behind, you know, like hit himself in like a locker somewhere in that stadium. <laughs> if he's smart um <laughs> another upset we had which is good good one for the browns here we had the giants beat the oakland or the las vegas raiders i still want to call them oakland for some reason uh the giants with a <clears throat> win 23 to 16 obviously the the raiders are going through probably worse shit than i've ever seen even the browns go through in one season your head coach gets uh, shit can for all those racist and homophobic emails and all that shit you then, the Grand Wizard comments he made? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You then lose your <laughs> first 2020 first-round pick due to a drunk-driving murder. Then you lose your second 2020 first-round pick because he's a dumbass that films himself with guns, threatening people. And <clears throat> also, if you get drafted to Las Vegas, the first thing they should do is send that motherfucker to driving school because you have a lot of cars getting crashed in that in that area. And... They had to get rid of the dead weight. I've never even seen the Browns have to cut a first round pick within one year. And did they cut the other player too? Yeah, they cut Arnett. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah, Arnett. Gone. Yeah. Yep. Oh damn, Raiders are just sinking right now. Those were both of their 2020 first round picks, and they had to dump both of them within a week. I mean, how do you recover from that? How is Mike Mayock still employed? If you're gonna fire John well, Gruden, why... obviously he had to be. And then Mike Mayock's making these draft picks. He took Clellan Farrell top five two three years ago the kyler murray year horrible player the guy doesn't even see the field he's not very good then you go henry ruggs and arnett and you have to cut both of them within a week i mean how the fuck that's so that's worse than anything the browns have ever done to his to his um credit it's not like he foresaw this shit happening you know ruggs didn't have any record before coming into the nfl and just likes to drink a lot i guess but I don't know about Arnett though. I don't know the history in Arnett. <clears throat> they said they said on uh, radio today that uh, the Raiders did do due, due diligence and talked with uh, Ryan Day, and Ohio State staff, and he didn't have any issues when he was down with Ohio State. So both the uh, this, the rugs thing and the uh, Arnett thing just pretty much came out of nowhere. Well, Arnett's had issues with the Raiders. Well, not with the Raiders, but with the law in general since he got drafted. They said that during his rookie oh, season. See. He totaled four rental cars within one month. You're <laughs> kidding. Recklessly. Right there, that's something where I would kind of nip that in the bud. I'd maybe get that guy somebody to keep. Like, Remember when they had Des Bryant had like a babysitter pretty much following him around back in the day? Like a driver, I would, too, I think he had, yeah. I would do something like that. Yeah, Arnett should get a bus pass. If you're wrecking four fucking uh, rental cars in one month, <laughs> was he trying that to guy per- some other transportation. <laughs> was, he trying to perfect, was he trying to perfect the, uh, the scene from Days of Thunder? <laughs> yeah, I think Rub, so. Rubbin's racing. Rubbin's racing. <laughs> and uh, and with the rug with rugs gone is is another reason why they're saying OB, OBJ might go there. 
Yeah, but they so just I, signed to Sean Jackson, so there's a lot of rumors that that kind of ended the OBJ. Uh, oh, I missed that one. Yeah, he's Deshaun Jackson signed with the Raiders this week. Okay. So oh, I'm thinking signing. they're not going to go Yay. after OBJ after that. Um, I did see some Browns fans after we got rid of OBJ say that we should go after <clears> Deshaun Jackson, but I just don't think he would fit our team. He is a strictly a burner at this point in his career. We don't really need we that. Got, we, we got Schwartz. We don't need. We don't need Deshaun. Yeah, exactly. Our offense isn't really based for the deep ball. We use it as a play-action decoy, uh, so not a good fit here. But, yeah, the Raiders are in a heap of trouble. I mean, at least Manziel and Justin Gilbert played in Cleveland longer than Ruggs and Arnett. So, you know, in, in a <laughs> sense, not the worst draft we've ever had. Or I've ever so you're seen. saying Johnny Manziel was a great pick for the Browns. Got it. That's what I'm picking up from you. <laughs> Compare, he didn't murder anybody. I'll give him that. He tried, but he didn't murder anybody. You know, he, he murdered somebody. He murdered his career is what he did. Hey, that's suicide. Was, you don't. You can't go to jail for suicide. If there was ever, if, if there was ever a season that the, for the Raiders to actually win the takeover and win the division, it would be this year because of how Kansas City's playing. This would be the yeah. year. Yep. That Vegas they started actually... off that way. I mean, they looked like a really good team. First <clears throat> few weeks of the season, they were undefeated. Huge Monday Night Football win against the Ravens, uh, and then they come out and this shit starts happening. And now, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious man myself, but Derek Carr is really just hyping up the whole everyone needs hugs and love and shit like that, and. It's not going great for them, and I couldn't be happier because they're in the AFC, so they can go fuck themselves. I hope they have to cut more people next week. Poor Derek Carr is like the lonely <laughs> man on the Titanic trying to bail out the water as the water's coming on the ship. You know, it's yeah, going down like with yelling that and orchestra, and, and he's reading scripture for them to make them feel better, and it's not working too well. It's, guys, it's just an iceberg. It's okay. We're gonna be okay, guys. We're gonna it's be a man okay. of God playing in Sin City. Oh, the irony. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, sticking in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers got a nice road win over the Eagles. Justin Herbert was AFC Offensive Player of the Game or of the Week. He had a very good week, but it was a close game, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, Eagles aren't a very good team. The Chargers aren't up and comer. I don't think they're a legit Super Bowl contender this year, but they look like in a couple of years they might be. So big, big road win for them, and they stay atop of the AFC West. Packers and Chiefs, another AFC West game. Ugly game. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Jordan Love looked like ass. Aaron, the liar, Rodgers. He definitely let the people in Green Bay know that they probably shouldn't be thinking about getting rid of him anytime soon based on how Jordan Love looked against a very bad Kansas City defense because he looked like he'd really never played football before on Sunday. Can we can we talk about the elephant in the room known as the Aaron Rodgers situation right now? What what are your thoughts on this? What do what do you think? I, I mean, <sighs> um, I, I I like Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback for sure. I think what he did was shitty. If if you don't want to get vaxxed, one hundred percent, do whatever you want. I'm not here to tell people what to do with their bodies. That's fine. He doesn't want to do it. Don't do it. Just don't lie about it. The the issue is he's. Because he's not only lying to the team, which is fine. That's one thing. Or the team's allowing him to lie. They're putting him in tight-knit press conferences with reporters because they think he's vaccinated. Those reporters are then going home to their families. Shit like that. That's the danger in it, is you're carrying this around to other people. If you don't want to be vaxxed, that's fine. Don't be vaxxed. But don't lie about it and don't try to get around all the rules. That was my right. my issue with the whole thing. Well, right. he never he, – he, he said that he didn't lie. He just <clears throat> he mis, he misled he actually, yeah. he actually, you know, admitted and then, that he misled by saying he was, he was, uh, 
immunized instead then of, they show the video and the direct quote was aaron are you vaccinated he goes yeah yeah I, I, i'm immunized but he said yeah right off the rip so that's to me i wouldn't say well not I, I would say not not really vaxxed but i'm this you know instead he didn't explain he was clearly lying there was multiple times they were caught without masks having them in press conferences things like that so they were definitely lying behind the scenes aaron knew what he was doing um I would still take him here in Cleveland next year in a heartbeat. I don't care if he's vaccinated or not. I'll pick him up from the airport. Um, I, I just think that it was, it was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. But the NFL, so you don't get punished if you're talented. That's just the well, case let's, the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that because the NFL fined him, I think, what, $13,000, $14,000? $14,650, him and yep. uh, what, Devontae Parker or, um, or um, Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, it was yeah, Alan Lazard. Lazard. Yep. And then the Packers themselves got fined $300,000. Yep, three hundred thousand. And and then a guy, and I, I don't know who it was, a guy who had his shirt untucked last week got fined both more than Aaron Rodgers did. I just, yeah, he was fined. I don't, one, I don't understand that a wardrobe issue with the NFL. But if you lie about being vaccinated, <laughs> you're kidding. At risk fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, Pro Football Talk highlighted that. They said I forgot who it was, but I saw that article too. Um, oh, that's a joke. I think it was right. Eight, so no, I know who it was. It was C.D. Lamb because C.D. Lamb doesn't wear ha- tall socks. So he got fined twenty thousand dollars for wearing ankle socks, and Aaron Rodgers got fourteen thousand dollar fine for lying <laughs> about being vaccinated. Can Ladies I see this? Pay- Can I the see the NFL. scale of fines of like how they figure this out? Do they just throw darts at a dartboard and go, "All right, That's pretty you're much how they do it." Fourteen thousand dollars. It's That's it's pretty it much goes it. down like this. Hmm. Who might win MVP this year, and who is C.D. Lamb? Yeah, don't piss off the guy that might win MVP. We need him. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. I, I'll even go better. Who is white? And who's? I'm just gonna never mind. Go ahead. We're good. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If, if if somebody on the Browns that wasn't Aaron Rodgers lied about being vaccinated, or for any any team for that matter, if it's a player that's not as highly coveted and not as you know, yeah, upper echelon as Aaron Rodgers. More than likely, they're facing suspension. They're facing legitimate punishment. Because it's Aaron Rodgers, the NFL doesn't want to lose him for two games. I bet they could are you, praying that he's allowed to play on Sunday because he said – Could you imagine if Tom chance. Brady lied? Nothing would happen. <laughs> There's a chance he might, but the NFL doesn't care. They would sweep that right under the rug. They would hey, say I was, he, he I did was, get the vax. He just happened to smash his uh, syringe afterwards just like he did with his cell phone. So they, they're just going to let him go with it. Hey, I was I was just thinking about this yesterday when I saw his his clip about you know how he confessed that he misled by saying he was uh, immunized. Um, what do you guys think about his, his persona say, slash attitude over say like the last year or two? I mean, he's growing his hair long. He's wearing the the beanies on his head and the commercials and stuff like that. And when he's in front of the cameras and stuff like that, and he's taking his kind of like I'm holier than that holier than now type of attitude and stuff like that. I, I, it just seems like his persona <clears throat> attitude has taken an odd turn in like the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think a lot I'll, of that has to do with the way the Packers have treated him. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, I'll, I'll do you one better. I think both him and the other great quarterback in the league have taken the, I'm going to grow a personality in the last couple of years now. And I, I think that, I think Rogers just knows his worth, I guess is the word we're looking for. He was like an underappreciated girlfriend in the green Bay. And the Packers kind of cheated on him. Now he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm worth more here. I'm going to show off. I'm going to get a little cocky. I know I'm the best in the league or, well, top three in the league or whatever. How it depends on how you want to rank them. So I'm just going to be an asshole. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to show up to camp. I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to make other people talk for me. I'm going to make you think all season I don't want to be with you. And then I'll come back to you at the last second. And same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady in the last two years has been the most 
interesting person I've ever seen Tom Brady be since he's been in Tampa Bay. And, and it's the same thing. I think they're getting older and realizing you need me more than, than I need you. <clears throat> Conspiracy theory time. You guys ready? <laughs> oh, boy. Let yeah. it go. It's, Here we it's go. not a big one. This one's just my personal thoughts <clears throat> on it. I think it's because those two see the light at the end of the tunnel of possible retirement. And in this day and age, you kind of need to – obviously, those two are the biggest names in football, arguably two of the top quarterbacks. But I think they're at a point where – they want to stay in the spotlight. They want to have a little controversy. They want to be household names so they can then go get a job in broadcasting as soon as they're done. Similar to what Drew Brees did. Cause look at other quarterbacks that don't really have a personality that are also aging and could possibly be retiring soon. Look at a guy like Matt Stafford. Do you think Matt Stafford would be sought after by NBC or somebody like that for a pregame show, whatever to work on the staff? Probably not. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they're going to get that Peyton Manning treatment where they're going to get their own Monday night football specials. So I think that's kind of what it is. And Aaron Rodgers was kind of doing that with the Jeopardy thing. He could have retired from football and wouldn't have been the full-time host of Jeopardy. I think people loved him doing it. As far as the hair goes, assuming he was just growing it out to look like John Wick, which he did a great job on that costume. I'm all for it. Awesome. Great work. Um, but I just think, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with they're now trying to get their personalities out there so they can then get a job when they're done. Because Drew Brees kind of has the personality of a wet blanket. He retired. He said he was going to spend more time with his kids. And then immediately went and worked at NBC. So people are like, well, I thought you were going to spend time with your kids. Now you're gone every week doing television. Uh, and I think that's something for Brady and Rodgers to think about, too. Because they're going to have everybody down, you know, knocking on the door, wanting to hire them as soon as they retire. So I think they're just kind of laying the groundwork for that. That's my opinion. I, 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 hope, I hope Brady um, Manning and Rogers get their own like HBO special on Sunday night to sit around a table and just bullshit and make jokes because I think that would be an interesting show to watch. Billion dollar idea. The NFL cuts a deal with somebody like HBO or whatever. Let these guys cut loose, let them swear, let them sit there and drink a beer. Fans want to watch that. I would watch a game where it felt like I was sitting at the bar with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady or whoever, and they were being themselves. I would love that. I would pay money for that if they wanted. The NFL is sitting on a fucking gold mine. And if they don't see that, then I need to work for their fucking marketing team because I could make them a lot more money. Could you imagine if they had the three of them and then throw Peyton in there and do like the football version of the barbershop? That would be a phenomenal. I would watch that every week. I mean, I've learned more about football watching the Manning cast than I've ever in my life. It's so great to listen to these guys break shit down. Uh, my big issue with it, though, is I don't like that they do it over, like, Zoom or whatever. They need to be in the same room. The delay that they have, the talking over each other, the waiting on somebody else to answer kind of thing gets old. It, it irritates me, if I'm being honest. If they got in the same room and they did that show every week with Monday Night Football, I would never go back. Now, wait a minute. You're saying that you've learned more from, about football by Peyton Manning. So you mean you've learned more? You haven't learned more? Listen to Tony Romo do his thing. Uh, no, I've actually gotten dumber listening to Tony Romo do the last two weeks of Browns game. <laughs> Tony oh, Romo is almost as bad as Steve Levy was on Monday night where he thought the field goal was – or not, not Steve Levy, I'm sorry. Was it Hasselbeck? Uh, or not Hasselbeck, whoever the fuck it was. One of the guys on Monday night – Oh, Brian Greasy. Greasy, that's who it was. First he said – it was a tie game and he said, do the Bears think about going for two here after penalty on the Steelers instead of kicking the extra point? And everyone's like, it's a fucking tie game. Why wouldn't you take the one-point lead and risk going for two? It's like these guys are just not really paying attention when they're there, which is kind of fun. 
to think about. They, that Brian they just, they just get the, they get the green light to talk, so they talk and they say whatever comes to their mind. I mean, that <clears> had to have been one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And then Steve Levy at the end of the game thought that the kick was actually close, and the fucking thing bounced before the end zone. Yeah, I, he said, he said, oh, it hit the crossbar. I'm like, no, it, <laughs> it wasn't even, it didn't even bounce off the crossbar. <laughs> so You're like, what, what, what small TV are you watching the game on? You know that you can't see that. That's crazy. That's easily my <clears throat> biggest bugaboo with watching uh, sports. And I get it; it's it's fast paced for them. They're doing it. They're they're trying to get the numbers quickly but when they're so off on a call and they're there it, it pisses me off I'll, I'll rewind it sometimes and I'll, I'll play it for Tara and I'm like this guy gets paid to do this job look listen how bad it was like he called this guy the wrong name he did this he did that like I, I get so pissed off about that but I understand it's it's I'm sure it's a different breed when you're or a different animal when you're sitting there doing it live on national television but well, that's it, the funny part that's the funny part about about Levy's call on the field goal though he's literally there probably what on the 50 yard line and granted, he may be looking at the te- you know, at the monitor rather than actually looking at the play. But if he's actually there on the 50-yard line, wouldn't you just be looking at the play itself to see where it is? And if he's actually looking at it, he would have seen that the ball was clearly about five yards short. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, something that bad. Like, if, if there's a kick going and it, <clears throat> it looks close, wide left, wide right, and you're like, oh, did that? what are they calling? And then you have to wait for the refs to signal. I understand that completely. But that that was terrible. That was such a bad call. It just makes me think that these guys aren't actually watching the game. Um, but I don't know. I love it. It's it's hilarious. I love when people fuck up, and it makes for good uh, good. What is it? Water cooler talk, as they say. Right. And then that gets us to the Arizona Cardinals, led by Colt McCoy, beat the shit out of the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle, we've talked about it a few times now, and it's starting to look like the writing's on the wall. Is Kyle Shanahan's days numbered? gone he is gone i think at the end of the season they can't do anything he doesn't know what to do at quarterback i mean of course he couldn't play the other quarterback but it just he's made all the wrong choices i mean i think the gm's gone too we talked about that as well i think they're both gone at the end of the season yeah i could absolutely see that um just a bad situation in san francisco it's so weird to think about two years ago in the super bowl (laughs) and now they're just about done uh, it looks like it's an end of an era there, which is weird because they just drafted Trey Lance. So if you think they're going to fire Shanahan and and Lynch, they're now bringing in all new front office coaching staff, et cetera. And there was a guy that they traded up and took number three overall. So what do you do in that situation? You have to get somebody to adapt with that player because there's no way you just move on from them, I don't think, unless they pull a uh, an Arizona Cardinals and they, they just completely – gut it and start from the beginning because that's what they did with with Rosen looks like it was the right pick when you took a quarterback and the very next year you took another quarterback and I think they yep. took the better one the second time around I don't think there's any good quarterbacks coming out in this draft class though at least not that I've seen that's worth probably taking that chance well, the uh, there's actually see- quite a few the good <clears throat> thing about them right now it's early so right now the guys are kind of listed 15 to 5 no one's really blown away as the number one Trevor Lawrence type quarterback but mm-hmm. in this day and age, for whatever reason, quarterbacks fly up the charts. Look at Zach Wilson. You know where I stand on Zach Wilson. I thought he was a bum. Did not deserve to be the number two overall pick. Trey Lance, same thing. I think Trey Lance could be a good player, but I think that was way too high for him, for a guy who basically missed all of last year. And then I liked Justin Fields. I think he went a lot further down than he should have. But uh, the same thing's going to happen this year. There's going to be some guys that you, you've heard of and then come combine time and – closer to draft time these guys are going to shoot up the draft board it happens every year 
when it comes to the Shanahan situation, you know, that's just a, that's just a matter of, you know, everybody was thinking he was going to be so good like his dad's so was, they were basing it off his name, not necessarily exactly what he had done in the past. Yeah. He was an offensive coordinator with, with that proven offensive coordinator, but, but giving him so much power was basing it on his, on his last name. thinking he, he could do the same thing that, that daddy did. I mean, I'll give him credit. He, uh, he came to Cleveland. The offense actually didn't look terrible. Uh, he went to Atlanta. They went to a Super Bowl. And don't get me wrong, they they obviously pissed away the, the biggest lead in Super Bowl history. It's still embarrassing for Atlanta. But took a team to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, goes to San Francisco, takes another team to the Super Bowl, this time as the coach. And next thing you know, it's over. I mean, everything that they built, they, they were a defensive-based team, which is kind of what scares me a little bit with the Browns because they have a very similar simul- – simul- I can't talk. Similar. Similar formula. Too many seltzers. I, up. I haven't had <laughs> any today, actually. I, I just drink tea. I, maybe I need a seltzer. That'll help me. Um, that, that, that always helps, yeah. But, yeah, they have a very similar offense, and they're, they're ground and pound. The quarterback doesn't need to de- do too much, and you rely on your defense. Very similar teams. Obviously, we haven't had the Super Bowl part yet, so I guess I'm, I'm running before I learn how to crawl. But they're showing that it's not a sustainable offense in football, but they've also dealt with a ton of injuries. So we'll see what happens there. I do think they're all getting shit-canned, though. And I could care less because I'll, I'll never forget when they beat us, Baker's rookie season, and really embarrassed us and rubbed it in. And Bosa did the, the flag planting, and I hate that, pro football fans still bring up the, the flag planting shit from Baker and all this and that. I could care less. I'm not a diehard OSU fan, but people that still bring that up, it's like, get over it. It's, it's college. Who gives a fuck about college? When a guy gets drafted, who cares where he went to school? Agreed. Yeah, I'm, Agreed. I, I don't care. I don't care that people's Jones went to Michigan. As long as he keeps catching touchdowns in the Browns uniform, yeah. he's okay by me. I had a guy telling me that over the weekend. We were going back and forth about sports and stuff on Twitter, and he's like, he he's ripping miles, but he's doing it like out of spite because I rip Baker. So he's ripping miles as like a way to get back at me. And I'm like, dude, I, I was, I was blunt. I'm like, it makes me question your football knowledge. If you're going to criticize miles Garrett, who's leading the league in every defensive category he can and compare him to Baker Mayfield. And that's when he was like, at the end of the day, I like any quarter anybody on the Browns because I'm a Browns fan, and I'm like, well, that's stupid of you. I root for the Browns, not the, not every player to ever put on a jersey. I'm allowed to be critical of them. And then he brought up how he went to Ohio State, and he he's like, I'm over Baker planting the flag, and I don't care if a guy goes to Michigan. I'm like, well, you shouldn't. It's like it's over. If a guy gets drafted, <laughs> he gives a fuck about their college. Like he really he really showed you in that argument, didn't he? Jeez. Yeah, I'm like, I agree with that. You should have never cared about a guy going to Michigan, but I don't know. That's just me. Hey, you got you just brought up you just brought up Miles, and I'm curious. Here it is Wednesday uh, after a game. I haven't seen anything posted about having to go for another test. <clears throat> oh, uh, so a, a, a drug test? Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen that yet either. Oh, it's because he he stopped going sleeveless. He he hasn't been drug tested since. He hasn't oh, shown up. He hasn't he hasn't shown off his muscles. Is that what it is? Because I know it was what two or three weeks in a row that he got called in for a test. Every time he's wore a sleeveless shirt, they pull him in for testing. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, he literally crazy. he tweeted that verbatim. He was like, "Well, that's it. I'll never go sleeveless again because this is what happens." So he just said, "R.I.P. to going sleeveless or whatever." All right, so that's what it was. So Sunday's game, he he went with sleeves, and here it is Wednesday. No, no, no drug test. test. So that's why. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, you keep those guns in their funny. cases and you don't get tested. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Then we move on to Sunday night. We already talked about Titans beat the hell out of the Rams. Rams looked ugly, but it happens <clears> both seven and two. And then Monday night football, the game of the week for Chipper, that's for sure. A nail biter between the Bears and Steelers. What was your takeaway on that game, Chipper? I'll let you break it down. Um, our offense looked looked bad as, as usual. The defense kept us in the game until the second half and still until uh Justin Fields decided to pick on Mallette a couple of passes. Um that taunting penalty was absolutely atrocious. There was no need for that. All the it, the media can spin it however they want about how that's what the NFL uh, going by the book, the law of the book is saying that that's what a taunting that they want to get away from. I think that was absolutely horrible. There was the non roughing the passer call that should have been called on, on uh, Justin Fields in, his, in the fourth quarter. Overall, the, the officiating was just horrible and if I didn't know anybody, I'd swear there was some way, shape, or form that the referees wanted to make sure that they jobbed Chicago and make sure that we kept our winning streak on Monday night intact. Uh, yeah, my big my big issue, I fell asleep. I'm not going to lie to you. I fell asleep before the game ended. Um, I thought the Steelers had it wrapped up, so I went to sleep. But the, I did, too, in the first half. The, the, the touchdown that got called back from the, the Bears, where they called that illegal block um, oh, yeah, at yeah. the goal line. That was an embarrassing call. They even broke it down and explained how that's not a foul and refs should know that rule because he was in the tackle box and et cetera. And I'm just watching it like, man, these refs are fucking teams over. And it, I'm not even not even because it was the Steelers that it, it benefited. I just watch it as like it's hurting football because you have these guys that are getting touchdowns taken away. You're costing teams. It's a butterfly effect to me. So you have the ref makes a bad call. Everybody knows it's a bad call. Nothing's going to happen to that ref. Maybe he gets talked to behind the scenes, but that's it. You know, you're never going to hear about it again. Meanwhile, there's a team that just lost a game, a guy that got a bad penalty that the coaches are going to hold against him. That he, he could end up getting cut. The coaches could get fired. The teams could be gutted and restructured and redrafted and guys can get cut, et cetera. They're fucking with so much more than just one bad call by a ref. They're they're really screwing over entire people like people's lives and franchises and shit like that by all these bad calls. Well, I think the Bears. I think the Bears had at least twelve penalties if I remember right. And I'm I'll, I'll bet you at least half of them were just just horrible calls. I mean, yeah, Chicago got called for a lot of offsides, which which was which were correct calls because the way they were lined up, but. Man, there were just so many calls that were just so bad. How, how are we not talking about the hip check from the ref that he I called was the penalty? <laughs> I was literally just going to bring that up saying, did you guys happen to catch the hip check that he gave? That oh, my gave God. I saw that one, too. Uh, that was one that I had to watch the uh, the highlight of afterwards. But, yeah, I definitely saw it. And, again, it's just shit like that that you, you got a guy that's getting now an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, cost the team the game, Uh I mean, it's just, it's fucking crazy the way the refs are just controlling football and pro football talks been making a lot of very good articles about it during the week. And they're saying like, they're not specifically accusing the refs of fixing games, but by making horrible calls like that, it kind of starts to make people go. It looks that way, whether they're doing it or not, it's not a good look for the league that it seems like refs are costing teams games on purpose. And I don't know, they, they need to step in and fix something because it's bad. It's ugly. Fans all know that. Everybody watching knows it's ugly. When you see guys that work for ESPN, for whoever, whatever 
football outlet you have that are criticizing it weekly, you'd think that the NFL would do something by now. But instead, they just double down. They always come out. They defend the refs. And it's end of story. That's it. Well, let me throw out, let me throw out kind of another, another conspiracy theory to you. Let's not forget that there are a lot of uh, sports books and gambling going on in these games nowadays. So, uh, Oh, absolutely. The well NFL be... is welcoming betting with open arms. Yeah, there could be um, stuff going behind the scenes, shall we say? Yeah, that and that's that's going to be a problem. That's going to be the uh, what was it, Tim Tim Donahue or whatever from the NBA? Yep. Donahue. Yeah, yeah, yep. Could be something like that going on in the NFL soon, where they need to they're going to have to start relying on Skycam or some impartial party that watches and can kind of call down really quickly to the refs and let them know, like, hey, you missed this call or, or that was a bad call. Let's pick up that flag, etc. They really need to get get that going. It's like well, if we're going to rely on that, let's not call a penalty 20 minutes after the penalty actually took place, like the Browns game on Sunday. Yeah, that one, that one penalty that the passer. God damn that! I'm like, what? Where's that flag coming from? What happened? Did the water boy not get the water to the player in time? What? what where's that coming from? Roughing the passer? Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's bad. Refs all around look like shit. <clears throat> but well, aren't, aren't NFL aren't NFL referees supposed to be like full time employees of the NFL now? I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, they have, they're not their own union anymore. They they took them under. I, I honestly don't remember. That's why. That's why I thought maybe at least maybe Justin would know because I know there was a thing, you know, the, the uproar is the fact that you know a lot of these referees are have full time jobs and they're just doing this as 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 part you know a, a part time. Yeah, no. Thing, I, but I if thought, I'm not mistaken, I think you're right. I think they are. They're full time NFL employees now because they're they're also teaching new recruits, if you will how to like learn how to do it. So then in the future there, they have people to replace and they constantly do it. I think I could be mistaken, but I thought that's how it worked. And the, and the turnover of referee of officials just can't happen any sooner, especially we get, get the guy that, that was on, like the guy that was on there Monday night, he's like what, 94 years old. At least he looked 94 years old. Yeah. They you need know, to get, get these guys out the of here. The biggest thing is they can stick with these guys coming in, but what they're going to have to do is afterwards, if a guy really screws up and makes a very blatant bad call, the NFL needs to penalize that guy. You need to take away his money, suspend him, do shit like that. You have to hold these people accountable because you do that to the players. The players get called for shitty fouls, roughing, whatever, uh, unsportsmanlike penalties. You find them. They get in trouble. They get bitched at by their teams. Again, it could cost that guy a job. If some bottom-of-the-roster guy gets some shitty unsportsmanlike call that costs his team 15 yards, they might cut him regardless if he actually did it or not. They might cut him just because it happened. And the refs have nothing to worry about. They can do whatever the hell they want. They get a little criticism on Twitter. Half those guys are too old to even know how to operate Twitter, probably, so they don't even see it. And they just move on with their day. <laughs> I do like this... watching these old guys run down the side of the field sometimes trying to keep up with people. It's hilarious. I like watching hey, it wiped out, if I'm being honest. I love seeing refs and guys standing on the sideline get taken out. I love it. Hey, this just in. I see this on Twitter that the Columbus Blue Jackets just hired the referee to be a defenseman because he did such a good hip check. I still can't get over that. Like, how is NFL not look at that that replay and go, "Yeah, we you blatantly stuck your hip out and then flew the flag." And like, it's like like those Chinese people like who who throw themselves in front of a car just so they can sue them to get paid. It's like, what the hell? (laughs) It was almost like he grabbed the flag after he did the hip check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he knew what he was doing. It look, I mean, that was so fucking embarrassing by the NFL. But again, they just doubled down. And they refuse to acknowledge that the refs are fucking up. They're like, no, it was all good. We liked everything we saw. And I just, I find that fucking hard to believe. But 
more power to the NFL because if anything, we're going to keep watching. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep enjoying it. If they do something stupid this weekend, everyone's going to be talking about it again. The NFL is loving it. They can really do no wrong. They, they are the they are the entity that cannot be canceled. You know, the the cancel culture cannot affect the NFL. You got that right, Steve, unless you're John Steve, Gruden. The Steelers are another team that I, I can't I can't believe our record is what it is because our offense has just been so bad. I mean, the defense has definitely kept us in a lot of games, but our offense has just been so bad. We're not going to blow anybody out as far as putting up points go, but I still can't believe our record is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I look back two weeks ago at the Browns-Steelers game. You, you look at it, the Browns held them to 15 points. In, in this current NFL, you should never lose a game if you hold your opponents to 15 points. I mean, and the good, I would good side of that was we held you like to 10. Low 20s. Yeah. Good. All right, you held us to 10 in. points, exactly. We couldn't do a damn thing against you. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. That was everything for week nine. We will now be advancing into week 10 with a game on Thursday night. But before we do that, Chipper is with us for the first time. So, of course, he gets to play one of our favorite games. And for those of you listening at home, I know it's your favorite as well. That's right. MV Penis. Let's get down to it, Chip. (laughs) (laughs) This one is the Pittsburgh Steeler edition. Who do you think has the biggest hog in that Steelers locker room? I already have my answer. I'll let Chipper give his, and then I'll let Kyle give his. And I cannot wait to hear it. And please tell me who and why you think that's the case. That's hilarious. Oh gosh, big, biggest hog. I don't. I mean, are we actually talking about that, or are we talking about who has the oh, biggest yeah. voice oh. or attitude? Oh no, we're talking about that. It's a little bit oh, of both. It's who do you think has the biggest voice and attitude because of that big old dick in their pants? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going TJ Watt. Okay, wow. that's a good answer. Cool. So I was wow. going on mine, and I, I understand. I'm guessing you know he's the team leader. He's the the face of the team essentially at this point in the in, in Ben's career. I would say T.J. Watt's the face of the Steelers. No, absolutely. So yeah, he is. He's the face, and he is the head. If you catch my drift. So good for him. Ba-dum-bum. According to Chipper, <laughs> MVP penis is T.J. Watt. I'll give you my answer. I'm going with your punter, Presley Harvin. I mean. The way he goes out there with that belly, kicking the ball, the swagger he has. I mean, he is tucking that thing in his socks, no question about it. Good for Can him. Can he even see it? I love it. Yeah, he's at, he hurts it every time he kicks because it's sometimes all the way in the shoe. That's how long it is. <laughs> so good for him. He must have been... He must have been kicking with it on Monday night because he had a couple of really shitty punts the other night. Yeah. <laughs> he hit it off the end of the dick instead of the end of his foot. <laughs> right, up, right off the tip. <laughs> oh so that's my pick for the Steelers. Kyle, what's <sighs> uh, I'm going with Hayward. I mean, that dude just looks like he's the kind of guy you don't want to get in front of in prison shower if you have to. I mean, it, like he might destroy your butthole a couple times I thought over. you were going to go with him because I was going to say that he was my first choice, but then I thought about it and I went with Harvin. But I was really going to go with Hayward also. So that's I'm glad that I didn't say it and spoil anything. But we were all on the same page there. I, I think those were three great picks. <laughs> it's an interesting game. Welcome, welcome. I to love the it. Talk I, show. It's my favorite thing. We haven't done it in a while, so I was really happy to do it again today. <laughs> all right, so we're a little more than halfway through the season. Uh, not a lot to talk about in the basketball front. Uh, the Cavs are still winning, playing well. I'm watching the game right now. They're at halftime against the Wizards. Um, really, not a lot to report. Nothing. Same with baseball. Baseball season just ended. There's about to be a lockout. I think December 1st, they're, they expect the strike to start. 
Uh, like, is this like a serious strike, or is it like a oh, oh we'll yeah, strike for a little while and we'll come back after like a month a or two? There's a chance that the season is a little bit in jeopardy, to be honest, from what I'm hearing. So it's going to be legit. They expect it to start. Uh, See right what happens the when the fucking Braves win the World Series. It ruins See, the entire was, fucking. Yeah. See, I was and... going to, I was just going to correct Justin too and saying, well, "What do you mean? There's not a lot to talk about in the baseball fan. There's a hell of a lot to talk about in the baseball fan <laughs> after last Tuesday." Oh, no, I think most people have uh, they went to bed and woke up and forgot all about it that's at least what I guess <laughs> so are you are you, are you excited being a, a Braves fan I mean was that your glory moment right there well other than 1995 yeah I mean uh, we're not going to talk about 1995 calm down I mean yeah, up, speaking up until... of bad officials we'll get into 1995 in the <laughs> <laughs> but up, up until uh up until Freddie hit hit that solo home run to make it seven nothing in the seventh, I wasn't even one hundred percent sure we were going to win it. But uh, when he hit that solo home run, that's pretty much what I felt. Uh, we were pretty pretty comfortable we were going to win. Yeah, some uh, of those some of those games. I mean, high scoring. You expected a little bit of a pitcher's duel, and they turned into, you know, an all star game, an exhibition game almost with just no pitching at all. Um, but yeah, Braves won the I World could, Series. I briefed it. I, I I touched on it a little bit last week, and uh, I don't think it deserves any more time. <laughs> but you are right it, it does, sound, does sound like there's gonna be a lockout yeah it's so, looking I mean, good i'm hearing what's, December what's 1st. the reasoning what's the reasoning though i mean is it just they want more money or what what's the issue it's 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 an issue with the players association agreement and all that stuff if i'm not mistaken i think some of the owners are trying to they they want to in, introduce maybe a cap or some sort of like spending rules and shit like that and it's just the players association not agreeing with the stuff that the owners want and it sounds like they're pretty far apart from what i've read or heard about i haven't really looked too much into it 100 percent. it's one of those things that i'm going to wait and see if it happens then i'll really study up on it but for the time being i'm just kind of letting it play its play itself out when's the last time they had a lockout in, in baseball wasn't it like just like 15 years ago something like that they had a lockout they missed the whole season right was it, was it the, the year 90, that the, 93 was the, was the shortened that, season or 94 was the it was the year that the indians were in the in division lead or something like that and then they they uh Cancel the season, rest of the season, and there was no playoffs or anything. If I if I remember right, right. yeah, I think sense. that was. I think it was the year that Jacobs Field opened, which was I think ninety four, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the year. I'm going off memory here. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but, but but yeah, as far as as far as the money thing goes, they're not exactly looking to do a cap, but they, they somebody some they want to put in a floor that you have to spend. Yeah, spend teams so have much to money. spend a certain amount of money, which as as guardians. Oh, I love it. Now I love it. Yeah. Yeah, two teams that don't want to spend, two teams that just don't care to contend, and the owners just kind of pull the pull the wool over your eyes and, and lie to everybody and act like they're really trying when the, they're not. I mean, I feel bad for, for the Pirates because at least the Indians have had some successful seasons. I, I mean, the Pirates have never really been a contender as long as I can remember. They've had a couple it's good been a long years time. here and there, but... It's been yeah, it's been a long time since they've even been. No, actually, middle. actually, uh, three years ago they made the playoffs. I think it's what they did. I think it was three years ago. Yeah, they made the playoffs. But even then, I mean, like I said, they weren't like a legit like. Well, this team could actually win it all. It was one of those like, oh, that's right. a good story. It's nice. Right. Right. And the last time they, the last time they made the, the last time they went deep in the playoffs is when is when Chipper was a, a child, late early seventies. Yeah, wow. I mean that's yeah back when. The Pirates were playing Babe Ruth. I mean, it was old. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I don't know if the, the DH has anything to do with the with the uh, 
the agreement or not because I'm that's I'm pretty sure that's a foregone conclusion that you know the DH is going to be in both leagues. Yeah, they're trying to make that universal, which I think they should. I'm sick of the pitcher batting. It's it's such a waste of baseball. Fans don't want to watch that. I'm okay with watching a pitcher's duel, but I shouldn't have to see a pitcher go out there and look like he's never touched a baseball bat in his life and just hold down a bunt. I mean, come on. Stop slowing the fucking game down. Fans don't want to see that. See, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm old school. I like seeing the, the double switching, the bringing in different pitchers, the pinch hitting and stuff like that. But I, I agree that, you know, the DH is a foregone conclusion that it, it, it's got to be in both, in both leagues. Yeah, I think it's 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 happening. Um, but the strike is also going to be happening. So we'll see who wins in the at the end. Uh, I mean, obviously the players are going to still be making plenty of money. Um, again, I, I don't I don't know all the ins and outs of why they could potentially be striking. I just know that there is a huge disagreement, and we'll see what happens when that comes. If the rumors are true, it will be December first. The the strike will become official, and right. you know, gives them gives them some time to maybe get something figured out before. Uh, spring training starts, but I'm not holding my breath. It looks like this one could be serious. Since we're about the halfway point of the season in the NFL, let's go over some uh, – we, we gave our predictions early in the season, Kyle and I did, of MVP, teams in the playoffs, et cetera. Since we're here, let's go over some of those right now, and we'll, we'll re- revamp. This, these don't have to be your final season predictions, but right now, if the season ended today, who wins MVP – uh, rookie of the year, offensive and defensive, and defensive player of the year. What do you guys think? <clears throat> Go ahead, Shiver. Defensive player, as of right now, it's got to be between uh, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. No Trevon Diggs for you in there with that the year he's having. He's uh, been a little. I don't. He's had a couple of bad I, weeks, but I, I I don't. I haven't followed him enough. I just go by what what I've seen and whatnot. So as far as that goes, you know, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, because I know who they are and I see what kind of effects they have on the games. And I've seen numbers that Trayvon Diggs puts up. I I just don't know him enough to put him up there as my defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's had a couple of slow weeks, but he started the season off with, I think it was like six or seven straight weeks with a, with an interception. He had two pick sixes already this year. So he's, he's putting up some huge numbers. But again, the last couple of weeks, he hasn't really done as much. He's been giving up some touchdowns more than he's been stopping them. So that's definitely going to hurt his cause. But I agree with you. I mean, right now, I think one, two, three, in whatever order you even want to look at it, would be Aaron Donald, who is, again, just dominating the NFL. And the addition of Von Miller, I think, is only going to make things easier for him. Um, and T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. Yeah, they're all up there. They're all playing fantastic football. T.J. Watt has one less <clears> team <throat> than the other two because he missed a game, correct? Yeah, with a yes. groin. Yeah, so he's out with the groin injury. He's got such a big penis, you know, just pulls on it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that groin. That's why Chipper picked him for MVP. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with that's like. Unbiased yeah. pick here, me personally, if it ended today, I, I would give it to Miles Garrett. I just think just based on the stats alone, he's leading the league. So I think it's a give him the the award. Now, see, there's where there's where the kind of debate is, though. Do you go strictly by numbers, or do you go by who affects the game more? I mean, yeah, I get Miles Garrett has the numbers, but my from what I've seen so far, I've seen that TJ not being a Steelers homer, but I've seen TJ has a way of affecting the game more. Uh, I see it on both sides. I mean, I see that Miles Garrett's getting double teamed a shitload he still leads the league in quarterback pressures which is an impressive stat to do because he's not getting you know it's not just a a sack 
He's getting the pressures. Right. While he's getting double teamed, there was the clip against the Bengals on Sunday where, no lie, I don't know if you saw it, two Bengals players had their yep, arms them. both wrapped around Miles Garrett. The refs did not call it. It's one of those situations where, you know, it could have been a foul, but they're not calling it. And he's still almost got through to Burrow. He's just constantly in the backfield. So I think they're both up there. It's just their game wreckers. You have to, they're the number one people that a team will game plan against. And you have to know where they're at on the field at all times. And they're both just extremely disruptive. I think Miles leads the league in uh, pressures, tackles for loss, and sacks. So with that being said, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, TJ Watt is a phenomenal player, except for the playoff game. He didn't show up. I don't know why, but. Um, uh, we, we talk, then we go talk about the past again. It's just, <laughs> just what, what comes to mind when I think of TJ Watt. I, I just saw a commercial for Ghostbusters, and I thought about how he was a ghost during that game. So Oh, boy. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're both disruptive players and both great players, but yeah, if the season ended today, I'm giving it to, to miles. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for me, so, it's, it's, it's miles and it's a biased opinion. Obviously I don't think anybody's better than him, but I, I do think that Trayvon Diggs, if he uh, continues on the, the trajectory he's on, is going to set records this year. Um, and that's pretty fucking impressive to be a cornerback and be in the talk of defensive player of the year. Um, that's, that's a pretty good feat for him. Yeah, I agree completely. So uh, offensive rookie of the year, I think this one's pretty easy to come up with, but I'll let Kyle start it off and we'll see if we're all on the same page. Um, oh, I'm going Jamar Chase. I don't think there's anybody better than him. I don't think that's there's any other rookie. That, that was going to be my pick. <laughs> yeah, so really as of, yeah, as of this minute, yeah, Jamar Chase. Yeah, hands down. Now here's where it gets kind of interesting and fun. What it's do you funny guys – Oh, it's funny that he goes he go, it goes from a guy who co- couldn't catch a ball in preseason because he wasn't used to right. the ball to now he's putting up the numbers and he's pr- probably you know going to be rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean the funny thing is is that like I mean we we're not Bengals fans so we don't watch the games but um, with the last couple of weeks everybody was so hyper focused in Cleveland especially about drops because of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry having a couple. Browns fans went ballistic. Browns fans started saying that both Landry and Beckham suck and overpaid for how much they dropped when people actually looked the stats up we were bottom of the nfl not bottom but we were mid to bottom in drops we were pretty average um obj and landry had a lower drop percentage than jamar chase who was getting praise like nobody's business around the nfl so i just found that funny that like even what people think are the greatest wide receivers in the league still drop the ball and they're not perfect but because they're not watching them every sunday they don't realize that. So I thought that was kind of funny. And I mean, that speaks volume for Jamar chase, the numbers he's putting up and he still has a decent amount of drops, but he's a rookie that I'm sure that'll get better. His hands, hands will get stronger and all that, but yeah, he's at least up until the last two weeks, he was on a record pace to arguably the best rookie wide receiver of all time. Till he met Greg Newsom. Boom. <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> uh, so we're all in agreement there. Now the fun one, defensive rookie of the year what do you guys think oh um go ahead i know my answer it should be pretty common sense yeah um, i think oh, go ahead. i really don't know I, I really don't know okay so micah parsons me, i was gonna say yeah i'm going to dallas so if, if trevon Diggs doesn't get defensive player of the year i think micah parsons is gonna get it for the rookie he's having a fantastic season he's all over the field he's so <laughs> versatile they can put him at, at uh, in coverage, they can put him on the line. They can do whatever they want with him. He can rush the passer. He can do it all. Uh, just playing phenomenally. And, and watching him in hard knocks, I found him kind of annoying, to be honest. His personality was was annoying. 
Um, but on the field, the guy just gets it. He's a damn good player. I did not see that coming. I expected the Cowboys to draft an offensive lineman due to Ezekiel Elliott's ineffectiveness over the last couple of, couple of years and Dak Prescott getting hurt. I thought kind of like the Bengals, you think, would have thought, protect your quarterback. Instead, they both did the opposite. So far, so good, I suppose. But Joe Burrow took a shitload of hits. Dak is still taking a ton of hits and missing time. But the other guys he drafted are also playing great. So it's kind of one of those double-edged swords. You wish you would have gotten an offensive lineman, but you also like who you took. And it's kind of ironic that both of those guys are probably going to win the Rookie of the Year awards when I thought their teams shouldn't have even taken their, that position. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's he's an easy hands-down pick. But I think I think Patrick Sertain's doing pretty well, too, out of uh, Denver. Uh, he's having he, a hell of a season as a rookie as well, but I mean, it's, he was, but not he as got good. Hurt. He's going to be missing a few weeks. So right. Right. I know. Him. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but yeah. he's had, he's had a good year so far though. Oh, for sure. He was probably those, those two are probably one A and one B, but I think Sertan missing the games uh, that he'll be missing is going to probably take him out of the running. It's, it's a bummer, but it happens. And then now the number one award MVP, who do you guys think right now, if the season ended, who gets it? I, I I hate to hate to give it to him, you know, two years in a row, but don't you kind of have to go with Aaron Rodgers at this point? Yeah, I would. Uh, I also think that Jordan Love playing on Sunday, because I was going to say, like, obviously you look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray looks like the MVP. He's had a really good year. Up, you know, he's, he's <clears throat> had a couple. He had a bad game against the Packers. Uh, not a great game, I should say. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, but then he gets hurt, and he misses the game, and it's Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy came in, and they didn't miss a beat. They win the game easily. Uh, Colt McCoy actually had a, was one of the better quarterbacks of the week. He was efficient as fuck. Just looked good in that offense. You take away Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love comes in, and the Packers' offense looked terrible. And Aaron Rodgers was the only piece missing. So, for me, that shows right there. He is the most valuable player in football because when you take him off that field, that team's terrible. I mean, it's, it sucks that it almost always goes through a quarterback, but it's just the way it goes. Otherwise – you know, how do you, how do you not, while Patel, he got hurt. How would you not even consider a running back like a Derrick Henry as an MVP, but MVP award almost, almost always goes to a quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if Derrick Henry never got hurt, if, if the Titans kept winning and Henry was putting up the numbers that he was putting, uh, putting up, I really think he had a legitimate shot at it. It's unfortunate that he got hurt, but crazy thing is, is I was listening to the radio the other day and they were saying that, uh, for pretty much his entire career, Derrick Henry's been relatively healthy, and it's a miracle that he's been as healthy as he has been. And then obviously all nothing gold can stay, as they say, because now he's hurt. He's not getting any younger. It's a foot injury when you're a running back. That's got to be tough. Hopefully it's it can heal, and it's not going to be a nagging thing for his career. But you never know. Stranger things have happened in the NFL. It was, you know, maybe this is the year Nick Chubb gets that rushing title, though, and he's well on his way after Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go two two names that you guys even mentioned before last week, in my opinion, it was either Josh Allen's or maybe Stafford's to possibly lose this year. Just opinion. But I think Allen was having his himself a hell of a season um, that it was kind of his to take. Um, but honestly, with the week that he had last week, and I hate to say this, I, I think it's going to be old man Brady. I think old man Brady takes the MVP trophy this year. I could see that too. He's having, he's putting up great numbers. I mean, he's just, nobody can stop their offense. They're so loaded. Um, it's it's going to come between probably him and Rogers. If I had to guess, I think Rogers missing these two games with COVID assuming he misses a second game is what's going to hurt him. Cause obviously Brady hasn't missed a snap this year uh, or a game this year. 
assuming barring injury for the rest of the season. But yeah, I think Brady's putting up career numbers just because the NFL's progressing. It has been for years into such a passing heavy offense. And that's what they do in Tampa. He just throws the ball to whoever he's throwing three, four touchdowns a game. Like it's nothing and barely breaking a sweat. So he's making it look easy. We'll see what happens. I mean, he did throw that pick six that, that sealed a loss for them against the saints, but the saints defense is pretty solid. So I don't think they're really going to hold it against him. Uh, for one of the rare times Tom Brady gets the ball with two minutes to go and doesn't win the game. But yeah, I think it's going to be neck and neck between him and Aaron Rodgers, And it's going to be a fun race to watch at the end of the year as they both battle for the top tier of the NFC. Yeah. It's like you said though, up, up until this past week, I would consider definitely would have considered uh, Stafford and Allen at, at, at least dark horses for an MVP. You know, if they kept mm-hmm. up the numbers they were putting up, yeah, you could have definitely put them in consideration as, MVP. Yeah, I think unfortunately that Jacksonville dud of a game is gonna that that's gonna cost Josh Allen his MVP chances because you don't go against Jacksonville, who's arguably the worst team in football, and put up a huge dud like that. That's not a good thing to do. Uh, and then same thing with Stafford. The Titans' defense is nothing to to write home about. And you're at home. It's Sunday night football. You shit the bed. You throw a bunch of interceptions, pick sixes, etc. I think those two kind of played themselves right out of the running, but we'll see. I mean, it's still relatively early in a 17 game season. So maybe they turn some things around and have some huge games and other people have some shit games. You never know what's going to happen, but right now, if it ended today, I like who we pick. I think we're all on the same page for the most part. We're all in the same ballpark. Yeah. I, 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 I think that uh, unless he really pulls something out of his ass for these last, this last half of the season, Patrick Mahomes is out of consideration. I agree. I mean, you don't you don't have the season that he's having. He he currently leads the league in turnovers. Um, I, I don't think there's any way to turn that ship around for an MVP. Can you turn it around and possibly win the division, win some games, etc.? Yes, hundred percent. Do I think you could turn around to win MVP? No, I think that ship has completely sailed. Uh, but a little bit of a redemption story for the Chiefs. I mean, that's a team that you go into the season expecting them to be a 10-plus win team, Patrick Mahomes, best player in the league, arguably, uh, the offense just clicking and destroying everybody, and that has not been the case for Kansas City. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing to see a team have such a turnaround in a matter of three to four years when you're expecting them to be a dynasty that's going to be better than Brady and better than you know Belichick. These guys are just going to dominate the AFC, and right now they're struggling to stay afloat to even make the playoffs. So... Definitely something to keep an eye on with the, with the Chiefs because even against against the Packers on Sunday, I was expecting a much bigger win. <coughs> they won the game. Excuse me, but uh, overall, it was ugly. And that's exactly where they were. That's exactly where that was being bandied bandied around too. When you were talking to Chiefs over the last couple of seasons, it was dynasty, but now they've sort of kind of sort of come back to reality that this year. And uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens this year, and then the next next couple of seasons if you can actually consider still still consider them a dynasty yeah i mean it, we're halfway through they could still turn some things around and maybe in the playoffs make a little magic i think maybe a you know a good off season or two could really help figure out some of their issues because their defense is obviously trash uh their offensive line is still questionable so you know maybe an off season to fix a couple of things maybe patch Mahomes. there's there's some rumors that he might be playing a little hurt and I could see that because I know he was battling a lot of injuries in the playoffs last year. Uh, the Browns hurt his foot <laughs> pretty bad. And I think it affected him even in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I heard they did that on purpose. What's that? I heard the Browns did that on purpose. Yeah, they tried. They actually, they (laughs) took the Mac Jones school of ankle locks. They they played it. That's how they hurt his foot. All right. Are you guys ready to break down week 10? Chipper, you're included with the picks this week, if you are so inclined. Um, Sure. So let's get it going with Thursday night football. We have Baltimore at Miami. I think this one's going to be a clean sweep. I think I know who we're all taking, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Am I right, boys? (laughs) Does does anybody want Baltimore? (laughs) Bueller? Anybody? No? Okay. Yeah, we're not. I think think Baltimore is this one pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, nothing really exciting in this game. Even if Tua plays, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the the Ravens' offense and and stop Lamar Jackson. I think it's just going to be an ugly game to watch. I am unfortunately facing Lamar Jackson in one of my fantasy leagues, and I am not looking forward to tomorrow night because I could very easily see him put up 40 to 50 points himself, depending on how – hopefully it's shitty. I mean, they are in Miami weather-wise. Hopefully it's a terrible, rainy game. He already fumbles enough when it's sunny and warm. So maybe that's my only saving grace, but we'll see. I'm expecting a Baltimore blowout. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. What do you guys think? Does Atlanta keep their winning ways, or does Dallas finally figure some shit out? I can't see Dallas laying two eggs in a row. That's kind of where I was leaning on this one, too. Atlanta is such a weird team. They can score with the best of them. Matt Ryan is surprisingly put up, putting up a very, very good year. Uh, however, their defense is still a question mark. I think Dallas kind of figures it out this week, and I think their defense puts the clamps down when they need to, and I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, no, this is simple. Dallas all the way. I mean, they're, I think they're a 9- or 10-point favorite right now. I just don't see Dallas doing that two weeks in a row like Chipper said. Yeah. All right, now an interesting game. You have New Orleans with possibly Taysom Hill going up against the red-hot Tennessee Titans. Was that game against the Los Angeles Rams a fluke? Or are the Titans legit? And do the Saints figure out a little bit of an offensive identity with Hill? Or, I mean, I'm not even sure if they announced him as a starter, so it might be Simeon again. But uh, what do you guys see here? I'll let one of you guys go first. Um, I mean, to me, it's I think it's going to be a Saints game. I think it's it might be a little close to begin with, but I think, the, the, I mean, sorry, it's a Titans game here. Sorry. Oh, I was say, wow, interesting. <laughs> Wait, what am I? I was I was reading a story in the Saints while we were talking. That's why it was in my mind. Sorry, but the Titans game here. I think the Titans win by by two touchdowns. Um, I just think they're they've caught their groove. I think the Titans know either with or without Henry. I think they know they can win, and that's dangerous. And their their defense is playing lights out right now. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to Titans. Yeah, I like yeah, the, same I like, here. I think. Yep. Oh, go ahead, Chip. I like the Titans too. Um, <laughs> the quarterback situation with the Saints. You don't know what that's going to be like. And, which Saints team is actually going to show up? But so yeah, and the Titans are at home too, if I'm if I if I'm correct. So yeah, definitely Titans all the way. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm guessing that uh, New Orleans just the, the 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 they can't find their identity yet. Their offense is a, a huge question mark. So I don't expect them to be able to figure it out against a team as hot as the Titans. So another sweep for the for uh, the Titans there. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking their winning ways to Indianapolis. Looking like some easy picks here, but this is where the upsets are going to kill some people because they do look a little too good to be true. I'm oh, sticking shit. with the Colts. I'll take the Colts. Yeah, I think that one's pretty obvious there. I don't think – I mean, the Colts have been playing hot, as we said in the beginning of the show. 
week nine. They looked great against the Jets. They did give up a, a lot of points to them, surprisingly. So their defense could definitely buckle down. But the Jacksonville offense is just as about on par with the uh, the Jets. And I think the Jacksonville defense is a little worse than the Jets. So I'm with you. I'm going, uh, I'm going with the Colts. Yeah, Colts, easy, easy pick here. All right. I obviously saved the Cleveland game for last, and we will do the same with Pittsburgh because I'm guessing the Pittsburgh one's not going to be as easy as you think. Uh, a lot of teams expect Detroit to pounce on them. At least I hope so. Uh, we'll talk about that one later, though. <laughs> but next up, we have Buffalo at New York Jets. Uh, another one. I mean, if I'm going to Vegas, this is a fun week to do a money line parlay because there are some games where I'm like, I'm ready to bet my fucking mortgage on it. I think so. Uh, I think Buffalo is a lock, right? You would think, but I also thought that against Jacksonville last week. This one is interesting to me because I could see the Jets catching them by surprise early. Because um, they're but, going with Mike White. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Mike White is, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of quarterback. He's just playing well, you know what I mean? I, I could see him catching him early, but I think the Bills find a way to, to win this one. They have to. I mean, I think I think in their locker room right now, I was like, guys, this is a must win for us right now to get our season so we, we can focus on the rest of the season. So I think the Bills win this one. I'm sorry. I just don't – I'm using the same logic as the Cowboys. I just don't see Buffalo laying two eggs in a row like that. So <clears throat> you got to take That's Buffalo. I think, you know, Sean McDermott's a very good coach. He has the Bills – playing great football for the most part over the last couple of years. And the same thing, they shit the bet against Jacksonville. I think this week they're going to be angry and the AFC is wide open. Uh, so I don't think they're going to want to fuck around and lose two games in a row to two of the worst teams in football. Uh, good teams just don't do that. Sure. You might lay an egg, lay an egg one week and, and take a loss. You shouldn't, but it's all about how you recover. I think the bills are a good enough team to where they're going to bounce back pretty easily. And I see them just, you know, laying the lumber to the Jets. Next up, we have Tampa Bay at Washington. Again, another fucking expected blowout. Like, some of these games, it's crazy. Like, you're either going to go undefeated with your picks or there's going to be so many blowouts, you're fucked. I mean, this one seems like it's a no-brainer, but Washington played him okay last year in the playoffs. Um, yeah, Tyler Henneke, that's where he became a little bit of a household name for football fans across the world. Yeah. Uh, Really going toe-to-toe with Brady and the Bucks, But at the same time, let's be honest, Brady did not play well in the playoffs last year. It was really the defense that did all the work for him. Um, right. But, yeah, well, this game was close. It's, it is kind of crazy to think about how the Buccaneers went in and dominated the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but almost lost in the opening round against the fucking uh, Tyler Henneke-led football team. Washington's defense this year is nothing like what it was, what it was last year. So. true. Yeah, so I had high expectations. Like I drafted their defense pretty high in one of my fantasy leagues, and I've already cut them. I mean, after only three weeks, I think I got rid of them. And Was that your Chase fourth round pick you talked about? Chase Young's not nice. doing great. I mean, they're not the team that we thought they were going to be. Ron Rivera's probably got to feel a little bit of pressure because his claim to fame is the defense. They put a lot of money and draft picks into their defense, and their defense is probably their weakest part. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm taking Tampa Bay here, but I just I think it could still be – not as big of a blowout as you as you think. I think the spread's nine and a half or ten and a half. I think it might be closer than we think it is. Yeah, I can yep. see Tampa that. Bay. Tampa Bay. Yep. And we're gonna go out west to the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Carolina Panthers <laughs> without Sam Darnold. Again, another well, this one 
is Kyler Murray playing? That's the big question mark here. But even with Colt McCoy, for me, I'm going Arizona. I just think overall they're the much better team. Oh, easily Arizona. I don't think Carolina. I think Carolina's not going to win a game the rest of the season. Yeah, I got Arizona yeah, I as well. Schedule. There's a chance. All right. Next up, we have Minnesota at Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert taking on Kirk Cousins. Um, I just think the better team's going to win this game. Minnesota's probably, based on their season so far, they're going to keep it close. They're going to piss it away at the end because that's just what they do. So I'm going with the Chargers. Chargers here. I am going with Minnesota here. I think that I I think Minnesota has has played an interesting season so far. I think that Kirk Cousins can come out and ball. I think I think Chargers have shown some weaknesses at certain points. I think Minnesota wins. It's going to be very close. It might be even that field goal, you know, with Greg Joseph kicking the winning field goal. But I I think Minnesota wins this one. All right, bold take. Not going to lie to you, that's a ballsy move. Now we get into a trickier game to pick. Philadelphia at Denver. Is Denver legit as they keep winning? And is Philly as bad as their record indicates? <laughs> I feel oh, like my pick's going to be different than your guys' pick here. I'm letting you guys start it off because this one's a real toss-up. So I'm letting you guys go first. I'm going Philly. Ah, so am I. Fly, hey, I don't fly. Until Let me Denver, check. I honestly I don't even remember who I picked, so I'm gonna have to go back and look at this one. I don't, I don't trust Denver. Yet, so I just I don't trust check. Denver. Okay, so actually, there's a clean sweep, boys. I also had Philadelphia. Nice. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure one of us was taking Denver at least. I mean, I look at last week. Philadelphia has, has kind of stayed in some games. Uh, they've played a lot of teams kind of tight, and then they just blow it at the end. This was one where I think they could kind of get a lead, and I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that they're going to figure it out this week. They damn near beat the Chargers last week, and I think the Chargers are a better team than the Broncos. So that's my logic. I'm just going to go with that. Um, Solid logic. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Philadelphia. Next yeah, up, I just, I don't, I just don't but trust Denver. That's same with me. Like I'm waiting for – that week where they get blown out and then everyone goes, okay, that's what we thought Denver was going to be. Yeah. Could they, could they easily go from, you know, doing what they did to uh, Dallas to now laying an egg against Philadelphia? Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe they, they, they blew their load against uh, a really good Dallas team last year. Now they go up or last week. Now they go up against a pretty bad to average Philadelphia team. And they don't have that same spark. So I'm sticking with that also. Philadelphia, another shitty bird team, the Seattle Seahawks, take on the Green Bay Rogerless Packers. For me, well, pretty easy because Russell Wilson's back. I was just going to say that. Let's not forget that Russell Wilson's back. He is back. He's vaccinated, at least that's what he says. And nobody thinks he's lying, so he'll be on the field on Sunday. Possibly not John Wick's stunt double. That's to be determined. Wait, I'm confused. So you said it's an easy pick, and you mentioned Russell Wilson's back. So who did you take? Oh, Seattle's going to beat the shit out of them because Seattle's defense actually started off the season as historically maybe one of the worst ever. They were on pace to to break records for being one of the worst defenses in football. And as a wait, is Rodgers for sure out? No, not yet. He's not officially out, but it's not looking good because his tenth day from COVID will be like Saturday evening. So he might be joining the team and then playing right away without any 
practice. Is this is this like one where I can put an asterisk next to it that if if Rogers plays, they win. If they don't play, I'll take Seattle. Uh yeah, because I think I'm in that same boat with you. I mean, if Rodgers plays this game, I don't think it's a close game. I think Rodgers will pick apart that defense, no issue. But if he doesn't play, then absolutely. My, I think... yeah, I'm, I'm going into it with he's not playing. I don't you – okay. it's not official, but I'm just – as of right now, he's – it's it's. he said even today, they asked him, they said, like, what are your chances of playing? And he said, I could potentially play or something like that. Like, he's leaving it open. So nothing is official on either side. So I'm with you. I, I kind of like that idea. We'll go with a uh, a Seattle – without or a green bay with yeah so i mean seattle if he doesn't play but green bay if he, if he does play for sure so i'm I'll going put, i'm going seattle regardless in that situation instead of an asterisk i'll just Ooh. put aaron Rodgers. who do you're i going, wins you're going between seattle Seahawks? regardless that's a nice wow. pick interesting Old choice but uh, yeah so kyle and i just picked the green bay rogers that's all we're taking not the packers for the simple fact that Russell Russell Wilson is back and his receiving core is much better than uh, than Green Bay's and Seattle's defense to me seems better than Green Bay's so I just got the hunch because of the receiving core and Russell Wilson being back I'm taking Seattle regardless. Yeah, I mean Seattle's getting a lot of healthy bodies back. You have Russell Wilson who's coming back very early with a hand injury, which is a did you see that you know, pin that was stuck up his finger? That <laughs> Yeah, he just got the pin out of his hand. I mean, it's his throwing hand. That's obviously a huge deal if you can't use it. If you, if you get hit again, it's probably fucked. Uh, they're also getting Chris Carson back. So the Seahawks are getting healthy at the right time. And kudos to Geno Smith, because I thought when, when Russell Wilson went down, that was the season for the, the Seahawks. And I was mistaken. Geno Smith held his own. The Seahawks kept winning, and they're still in it. I mean – I don't think they're a legitimate threat, but they're in it. And that's all that matters in the NFL. Just one week at a time. Now, is Chris Carson for sure coming back? I thought um, on my fantasy thing, whatever, is he still on technically on IR? Is he definitely coming back this week? He got he got designated to come back from the IR today. Oh, sweet. So he should be practicing, and then they'll kind of go, go from there. But he's expected to be back either this week or next week. Okay. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Same thing with, like, JOK with the Browns. It's – they're they're back to practice, but will they play? That's still to be determined. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say more than likely Chris Carson's going to go on Sunday. I would think. All right, so let me write those down as you two break down the Kansas City Chefs against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it's not much of a breakdown. I'm gonna I'm throwing I'm throwing everything out today. I'm throwing the whole fucking playbook out. Give me the Raiders on Sunday Night Football <laughs> to beat the Chiefs. I've got the same thing. I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Wow. When the I lights mean, are on, when the lights are on, Vegas shines. I think, I think the Raiders are going to, I'm not going to say demolish Kansas City, but I think, I think the Raiders take this one. I think this one's going to come back to bite me in the butt, though. I do think that the Chiefs do find a way to win it, but the, the, the Raiders against the Chiefs and primetime has always been a good matchup and always been good games. So I, I, for some reason, I just think that the Raiders somehow will pull us out. Don't know how who Derek Carr is going to throw to, but somehow I think they're going to pull well, it he out. He has Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, okay? Yeah, Darren absolutely. Waller should have taken Henry Ruggs to one of his AA classes, and maybe they would have, they'd be a little bit of a better team right now. Um it's funny you guys picked them because I was kind of leaning that way myself because, as, as Chipper said, the Raiders always play the Chiefs very well. 
and that's when the Chiefs are on top of the NFL. Now they're scraping the bottom, and so are kind of the Raiders, but they do play them very well. They're at home, national television. Obviously, there's going to be so much scrutiny and talk about the shit that they've had to deal with this season. I think they have a lot to prove. I think the Chiefs are still really struggling to find their identity. Patrick Mahomes, most of the time, honestly, looks lost on the field. They, they Nobody looks in sync on the Chiefs. And I feel like Sunday night is not going to be the night that they figure it out. And I'm with oh, you guys. Quit stringing us along. Pick a, pick your team. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going Raiders. Clean sweep. Oh, wow. A sweep for the Raiders. <laughs> now we have the NFC matchup of the week. For people that give a shit, I am not one of them. I probably won't watch much of this game. Los Angeles at San Francisco. San Francisco, surprisingly, I guess they have – I didn't know this. I don't know the exact numbers, but they have a terrible record at Levi Stadium at home. They play like shit at home under Kyle Shanahan. They had one good season, obviously, their Super Bowl season. Other than that, they really struggle at home. Now they're taking on a potential Super Bowl uh, favorite for the NFC, coming off a bad loss. I'm going with the Rams. I think they win pretty easily. Yeah, easy pick Rams here. Yep, going with the Cowboys and Bills logic. There's no way they're gonna, that the Rams are going to lay. Yeah, two no two in duds in a row, especially. I mean, I don't even give. I, don't, I can't really hold last week against the Rams too much because they did play a, a fellow, uh, what at the time six seven win team. Well, they were six win at the time, but playing a very good team in the Titans. It's not like they lost to a schlub. They lost to a pretty decent Titans team, but I don't see them lo- losing against Shanahan and the uh, Niners. So now we get into Dan Campbell looking for his first win. Going into Pittsburgh, right? They're on the road. Yeah, so going into Pittsburgh Sunday afternoon. What do you think, Chip? I think this one's going to be pretty easy for all of us, although a little more painful for Kyle and I to pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, so you got a winless team going against the, the Steelers team at home. That's an easy pick. That's the Steelers. Oh, I thought you were saying Detroit there. That's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, as much as I would love to see Detroit win this game, it, I think it's going to be an ugly-ass game. I'm not going to lie. I really do. Um, but, yeah, I think the Steelers find a way to win it. It's absolutely going to be a bad game. Two horrible offenses. <laughs> yeah, you have two bad offenses. Uh, uh, teams from towns nobody wants to visit. They're run down. They're kind of stunning. <laughs> nobody likes I'm, them. I'm sorry. Very... We're not, are we talking about the Browns game? Uh... So similarities <laughs> to these, these teams and cities alike. But, uh, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's an easy pick here. Uh, it sucks. I mean – the AFC North is arguably the best division in football. And here's a week where one, obviously Cincinnati's on a bye, but we're, we're expecting Baltimore to get a win. Uh, the Steelers have a relatively easy matchup against the lions. At least it should be. And then the Browns have a tough opponent in new England. And we're going to get into that right now. Um, what do you guys think? Let's break it down. Uh, without Nick Chubb, we haven't even mentioned that Nick Chubb and Demetri Felton tested positive for COVID. They need two negative tests by Sunday, actually by Saturday, technically, uh, in order to play. I'm not holding my breath. I think it's once a guy tests positive for COVID, they're missing at least one game. So I'm going in expecting no Nick Chubb on Sunday. And as we've said for most of the year and throughout most of his career, at least I have, Baker Mayfield needs that dominant run game in order to really help him do what he can do. He needs a dominant defensive performance. And Dearness Johnson's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. However, that was against Vic Fangio in the Buck, uh, Broncos defense. That's not against Bill Belichick and what he can do. Bill Belichick is so good at just eliminating whatever he wants to eliminate from your offense. I'm curious as what he's going to go after this Sunday. 
my guess is it's going to be shut down the run, make Baker beat you in the air, and live and die that way. We'll see how he does it. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this game, honestly. It's hard for me to pick. I, I even texted Kyle a couple days ago or yesterday, and I said, that's the one game that I can't pick because I want to go with the Browns because of what they did against Cincinnati. But I understand that we are not facing Cincinnati's defense this week. We are going up against a genius in Bill Belichick. Let's just call it for what it is. So I'll let one of you guys start it off first. Tell me who you think is going to win, keys to the game, et cetera. Let's go. go I'll let, uh, go let's let the go Steelers ahead, start us off. Well, I was just going to throw out there, you're without Chubb and you're without uh, Felton, and you're also without Hunt because it's already been – Stefanski already come out and said that Hunt yeah, is he's definitely not playing this week, week either. Yep. So, yeah, you're stuck with Ernest Johnson and a guy that he just picked up off the waiver wire with Brian Hall, I think is what his name is. Yep. So, with having a very limited running game, I'm, I'm actually thinking the opposite of you, Justin, that the fact that the, I don't think that Bill, – Bill, I think Bill's not going to have to really worry about the run game unless they actually start proving it during the game. So, he's going to want to shut down the passing game first um, and maybe blitz and whatever to shut down that passing game and, until uh, the Browns actually do – prove that they can run against them. Um, with, with that said, I'm going with the Patriots because of, of, of just that. He, he is a genius. He has a way of pulling, winning games, and it's just that simple. It's the Patriots for me. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. I By no means am I saying that Dearness Johnson is like a threat to Bill where he's like, we got to worry about this guy. I just think he's literally going to say, you are not running the ball against us. Figure out a different way to play offense, and we're not falling for the bootleg play-action stuff if your run game doesn't work. So, And I also just think Dearness Johnson can hold his own because of our offensive line. I think we could almost plug in any, any capable back back there, and that offensive line is going to make some, uh, some holes. So that's why I think Bill's main focus is going to be shutting down the run game, not letting us get any uh, gaps. I think Christian Barmore is going to have a huge day for their defensive line. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going Patriots, I think, because uh, I just don't think we're going to be able to – Bill's just so smart. He knows how to shut down teams. We played them very well a couple of years ago with uh, Tom Brady still in New England. It was a rainy game. We watched it in Punta Cana, Kyle. Uh, yeah. Nick Chubb had a couple fumbles, but Nick Chubb did a really good job. Overall, it was rainy, so it's hard to really predict what the game plan was, but Baker didn't have a great game because it was a really shitty weather game, so I'll give him that. But – Without Chubb, I just think that's our entire offense. I got. I have to go with the Patriots. Now, is it Bill that actually calls the defensive plays, or is his Joe, or is it his Joe Dirt-looking son that actually <laughs> does the play calling? It is. It, I think it's his hills have eyes-looking son from the the mountains. <laughs> but I think that Bill's game plan is what it, of like. Here's the, who you're focusing on. Here's what we're you know doing, and then they just kind of go from there. So I think collectively they just know how to shut down teams and they know what to do. So I think their main concern is going to be shutting down the run game just in general. And I mean, their, their secondary is nothing to slouch at. You have McCordy, you have JC Jackson, you've got some really good talented players out there. Uh, Jamie Collins has been playing really well for them since he went back there and their defensive line is very big and disruptive. So I think it's going to make for a very long day for Baker and the Browns offense. So I'm with you. I'm going new England, Kyle, you're up. Yeah, I uh, – oh, man, I this is the last game I had picked on my thing before I turned them in today because I'm back and forth. I, I, I want to believe that Baker can come out and have another game like he did against Cincinnati um, and just get the ball where it needs to go and let the players make the plays. I, I don't think it matters who we – I mean, I know it matters that Chubb's not playing, but I still think that a, a running back 
behind that line can still produce positive yardage enough to make the play action work in our favor. <sighs> but I don't know. At the end of the day, it's still like it's I'm a Cleveland fan and I just don't trust the Browns. So give me New England there. Yeah, it's sad wow. because there's a lot of uh, – listen to the radio. There's a lot of people and talk on the radio that Browns fans kind of need to look at the rest of the season as a college football season. Every week is a playoff game. If you lose, that could potentially end your season because the way the AFC is wide open and moving. So it's a scary thought. But, yeah, there's a chance the Browns pretty much need to go – they can really only afford to lose maybe two to three games, I would say, for the rest of the season or else their season's over. Um Obviously, you have New England this week. It's not going to be easy, but it's a winnable game if all the stars align. And then you have Detroit next week, which should be a win, so that's good. And then it does not get any easier after that. You have Baltimore, you have Green Bay, you have the Raiders, and then you have the Steelers So, and the Bengals also. I'm sorry uh, if I didn't say them. I don't remember. But the schedule does not get any easier after this week. It's going to be tough. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I think this is one of the nails in the coffin for the Brown season. As yeah, you almost you almost have to you, you almost have to consider this a, a must win game because you still have four games left within the within the division that if you do lose this game that you almost have to win the the, the remaining four games in the division just to even have a chance at the, the division, let alone a playoff spot. Exactly, you almost need to win this week because your margin of error becomes such so so much slimmer. Whereas if you lose this game, you can't lose to to Baltimore or to Pittsburgh or you know whatever. But if you win this game then maybe if you lose one out of two to Baltimore, it's not that big of a deal. It sucks, but you're like, okay, we can we can survive if we win the next one. Instead, if you lose this, your next loss could really be a dagger. And like you said, with the amount of division games that we have, that's where it's really going to bite us in the ass. So I think this is a must win, but unfortunately I do not have the confidence in them to win it without Chubb. I think that sucked the sales out of everybody. Um, I think the Browns had a lot to prove after the Odell drama last week. And I think now that it's officially in the rearview mirror, that edge is kind of away from the players. And losing Chubb, I think, was just the kind of the final, like I said, took the wind out of their sails. One of those, like, how much more do we have to overcome between the injuries of all these players, the offensive line, losing Chubb, losing Hunt. Now we lose Chubb again. Uh, I just think it's a little too much to overcome. Too much adversity for this team this year. I hope that they win. I'm just not confident enough that this team can overcome that kind of adversity yet. So we'll see. Not going to lie. I thought, I thought at least one of you guys would have, would have taken the Browns. Yeah, I was uh, back and forth. I slept on it. I really did. I had to think about that one big time. Already then. I think that's going to do it, boys. We were on for about two hours. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Chip. I absolutely did. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Absolutely. Good time. We'll, yeah, we'll do it again. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you guys again next week. And go Browns. And, Chip, you want to get a go Steelers in? How about uh, a go, yeah, go Steelers? Yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, good talking to you guys, though. All right, later. Have a good night. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yep.